This episode is being recorded out of Shop Talk Podcast Studios in Oak Park, Michigan. For more information, visit www.shoptalkpod.com. Pink suits with hats to match. Big cracker dolls and Cadillacs. You looking for the fattest sacks? This is where it's at. Windows tinted, seats for lyric line. Keep the hands on the burner, cause niggas know that it's money on Yo, what up, though? It's your man, Jay Johnson, a.k.a. the tinfoil hat titan, a.k.a. the conspiracy realist, a.k.a. the technology snob, Steve Jobs Jr. Don't text him with your green bubbles, a.k.a. I only debate my equals, everybody else I teach. Also known as Juice, because all the hoes say, Jay, you ice, young Caesar, because you know you can't roam without me. Mister, if you don't like me, fight me. I got kicked out of Noah's Ark because they couldn't find another animal just like me, a.k.a. The West Side T'Challa, the new leader of Wakanda. Don't debate me, debate your mama. I am the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. What up? What up, though? It's your man Dame Going Wild, the West Side Landlord, the pride of PA, High Chief Dame Don't Fuck Around, the liquor store legend, the corner store conquistador, your mama's favorite Dame, and the David Ruffin of the Shop Talk Podcast, because you know who the fuck they came to see. Not you, Otis. It's no better than these four letters. Thank God for Dame. And if you're speaking on Dame, you better say it nice. And if you don't put the boss in front, then bitch, you're not saying it right. I'm here. Uh, let's go. Let's uh, go. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Shop Talk Podcast, episode 191 on you hoes. Yeah. Uh, we back. Nothing extra special happened. We both made it. It must have been a good week. I'll take it. I got a job, bro. Good job. Yeah, man. Good job. Now I can, you can stop using my fucking tax money. I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my free cable. I mean, my free, uh, benefits. I'm going to lose my free money. I'm going to be off welfare. Good job. Man, fuck that. I don't want to go back to work. I'll be honest. I want you to go back to work. I guess. You know what I'm saying? Be a productive member. I want to be part of the poors. Be a productive member of society. You know what I'm saying? Hmm, talk about niggas like you whatever on my podcast i I don't care i don't care (laughs) ain't no shame in my shit uh but how was your week man uh week was a one i ain't got no complaints man i made it through another one you know god is good uh i had a pretty cool week too man i've been i've I've been busy honestly i've really been i've been january one all week it's crazy that we only a couple days into the new year but like that shit feel like it's we on day Ain't 10. Ain't stopped. And like I've been extra busy in the studio, um, extra out of the studio, shooting video projects, doing audio, uh, doing a bunch of research, handling this podcast, another podcast. Like it's been, uh, I'm busy, but. It's good to be busy. Facts. It's, it's the and, good uh, busy. Put my head down because I'm, this is supposed to be my last year working for someone else. So okay. We got to make that. Throw it out there in the atmosphere. Shit. Yeah, man. Uh, we we got a guest though this week, man. Man, my, it's crazy. Like when you when you refer to somebody as a scholar and a gentleman, this it particularly applies to my homeboy, who is definitely a gentleman, but also you know a scholar by trade. I appreciate that, homie. Producer, MC, uh, you know, and a good good friend. I mean, look, we go back when I met you. My ex wife was pregnant with my first son, so that's like seventeen years almost. Yeah, dog. That's a long time. That was like oh two. Yeah, oh two, because he was born in oh three. Yeah, yeah. So my dog Rod Wallace. What up, though? What up, Detroit? You got any uh crazy intros? Nothing. Nah. No dad rap. 
No hashtag dad rap for show. No, I ain't got none of that. I'm just Mr. Wallace. Hey, man, happy to have you Glad to have you, Mr. Wallace. Yeah, yeah. One thing I totally just forgot. You came in the studio and shit. I was editing some video and getting some shit together, and I turned around. You're not going to bring this shit up. I turn around, and I look at the nigga. We was... I wasn't paying attention, but we were talking about two, three minutes. I turn around, look at this nigga got blood all over his fucking head. <laughs> I was, I I'm was like, no, what? I'm like, what the fuck is I going figured, on? I figured something was going on. So, you know, I, I had a job interview today and I went out last night. Like I went by myself, had a steak of capers, got in late. And I was like, man, I should really shave my head for my interview tonight. So I'm not, you know, uh-huh. rushing in t- tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Right. But the, the nigga dumb in me. You know, completely took over. I had a twenty-two ounce steak, potato. You know, Texas toast. I'm, I'm feeling, feeling right. Right. I was like, nah. You know, the itis crept in real hard on the niggas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Had a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch just to like smooth my evening on out. That was like my dessert. Hold on, hold on, nigga. (laughs) You went out and had a twenty-two ounce steak and all this other shit, and then went home and eat some fucking cinnamon toast crunch. It's just to smooth my evening out. You know what I'm saying? That's my dessert. Nigga, your stomach and that motherfucker doing fits. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was definitely, uh, you know, had a situation yeah. later on in the evening. But, uh, you know, I was feeling, I was feeling good. The eye just crept in and I was like, nah, I'm just going to shave it in the morning. Oh, I got man. time. My interview ain't till noon. You did wrong. My interview ain't till noon. I right. got time. Right. And I dropped my kids off. I'll make it back home. You know, seven thirty turned into nine ish. I'm like, yeah, I still got time. I got time. Get my outfit together. Now it's about ten o'clock. I okay. really need to. Now I got time. It's like shit, nigga. You need to be out the door in an hour. Right. I ain't even iron my shirt. Like I'm just just bullshitting and dicking around. Watching you don't want to go back to work. Shit. <laughs> I do. Because <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I wasn't prepared. I didn't. I didn't set myself up for success. You ain't want that job. Yeah, that's I what I mean. You ain't <laughs> that job, I ain't set myself. I got it though. I got it. I didn't right, set myself up for success though. So now it's like ten fifteen. Like I, it's time to hit the gas. Right. I'm definitely in the shower. You know, doing my shave thing, and I go over the middle, and man, the skin fell in my fucking hand. <laughs> <sighs> Like that's how that's how like fine the razor has sliced that shit. Like I'm like, what the fuck? Just it's it's my skin, fam. When I turned around, nigga, I thought you got junk. It like a nigga hit you in the head with a bottle. Like you can't see it because he got this paper towel shit on his head. Let me see. Like it's bad. It's let bad, me see, bro. Hold up. It's still, you still got, you got, you still got, Jesus Christ! You got a stripe, dog. Like it's a like, and it was like you know how blood look when they get dry, get dark and shit. Yeah. Like it was down. I'm like, what the fuck happened to you? <laughs> like, did you get jumped before you on your way here? Quad studio, Squad City studio, <laughs> cut to the white nigga. <laughs> shit. Absolutely, epidermis, <laughs> and I got like this cut up front. I, yeah, because that's the one I seen yo. that, and this I'm like, oh, this nigga ain't got jumped. Like, yeah. nigga, why you call me? <laughs> like, we're friends. I got your back. Like, yeah, man, it was a it was a rough morning. So. This bitch literally bled like all the way to the interview. I was able to, I had like a little Vaseline in the car <laughs> and I just a, like smoothed had it. had a cut, man. <laughs> <laughs> the Vaseline was just like enough to, to stop it for the 30 minutes that I interviewed. As soon as I walk out, that the silver stitch Duran had you in the car. Like, as soon as I walk out the door, like to go to my, go to the parking garage, like this older guy was like, hey, yo. You know you're bleeding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. 
they gave you the job because they didn't want to discriminate against <laughs> right. you, though. Because you was lawsuit. Because you was wounded. <laughs> yeah. They thought you was a vet or something. <laughs> yeah, man, he had a head injury and shit. So yeah. right. <laughs> we don't want to see. We don't want no discrimination lawsuits. Right. Yeah. So that's how my morning went. Okay. That's how my morning went. But that's what I get. Poor planning. You know what I'm saying? Poor planning. Yeah. You know, proper execution. You know, proper I, preparation prevents poor performance. There's only one thing power more powerful than strong than the power of nigotry, and that is Jesus Christ. And the nigotry in me was just too strong. Nigonometry. <laughs> it was just too strong. Side note, that's a cannabis song, nigonometry. It is, it is actually. Well, I don't want to hear nothing. From <laughs> nah, you. I'm not I'm not even going there. I'm not even going there. I don't even want to have that. Like, we enjoyed cannabis together before we was watching freestyle videos. Yeah, I don't sound, know how it started. That sound suspect. But we was watching freestyle videos, and we we had a, we shared a moment. There was no beef. There was no beef. We enjoyed cannabis together. Like, I don't even smoke. Man. I don't even smoke. There was no beef for a few minutes. So but, uh, He said... I punch you in your chest so hard your shoulders are touched. Yeah, up. yeah. That's old. that's one of the hardest lines ever. It is. You can see that visual, right? Like <laughs> you've wow. seen somebody get their chest caved in at it's some point in your career. One of them. Take all the take all the wind out of nigga. Doctor Strange. Yeah. What sold me was a uh, diverse from Beast from the East uh, with him the and Lost the Lost Boys, Boys in it. Like man. that sold me. A plus. I was like, whoa, whoa. Because nah, he that's rap- a name I haven't heard in a long time. He dropped fifty bars. I've never, I never heard nobody rap that long. This was ninety seven. You know what I'm saying? Why when that shit first? I'm like, I, I never heard nobody rap fifty bars. Whatever happened to the Lost Boys? <sighs> hey man, <laughs> I, I mean, what happened? Queens, <laughs> Queens. You know what I'm saying? Freaky Ty. Didn't Freaky Ty die when yep. he was popular? Yeah. Yep. And Why then not? you know, life shit. I always, I gangster remember. rap don't, don't gangster rap well then real it, street rap don't really sell that well nah. like fake gangsters sell really well but like not real street niggas but it's like it's like a pocket of that shit like niggas like us still love Facts. but I guess we not the it's not we not the majority yeah <laughs> it's, not, it's enough not enough of us yet that's the 93,000 your first week you know what I'm saying yeah. and and back in 98 like that was horrible yeah now you, oh you had 90,000 your yeah. first week yeah. But like everybody was going platinum back then. Absolutely. Everybody. Everybody had big budgets. It was big only big one way then, to get it though. Oh, you went gold, you was like, that was a thing. Now it's only uh, even platinum. But like, no, gold was a Right. I went gold. I got a gold record. At that point, having somebody's record was a status symbol though. If you were a fan. Mm-hmm. You know what yeah. I'm saying? To have I got the, oh, I got that new A ball and MJG. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Everybody wanted to do it that way, but but when they lost control of the distribution, Tuesdays and Sam Goody. What? Tape World. Shout out to Serious Sounds in Flint. Nick's yeah. Records and Tapes. Damon, Shantanique's. What? Yeah. It was all, uh, what was the one that was on Six Mile in Greenfield? Uh, Chauncey's. Mm. Chauncey's. Yeah. Damon's was in the hood. Pufferheads and Ipsy. Yeah. Damon owned a whole block. You know what I'm saying? As a kid, it was a black man who owned a barbershop, owned a tape store. He had like, it was like three buildings and all of them said Damon's, Damon's, yep. Damon's. Right. Like that was kind of inspiring, you know what I'm saying, to right. a young nigga and a, and a young kid uh, running through the streets. Yeah, man, that's uh, history. It is. <laughs> that's history for real. But uh, man, let's get into uh, a couple some things, man. I got a couple things I want to get off my chest. All right, man. Where are we starting uh, first? Uh, we're gonna start with whose man is this? Okay, uh, this early because it's no way we can't talk about this. Okay. Uh, did you see what's going on with Boosie? Yeah, man. <laughs> uh. I don't know where everybody stands on this, um, but 
So let me give some background. Yeah, yeah, just tell the story. Uh, Lil Boosie was at a, a basketball game. Houston was playing against somebody, you know, and he was a uh, front row and he posted a video. Uh, live, you know, he go live all the time. He got a picture uh, and he got on a red sweater, a red Kappa sweater, and uh, he hashtag Kappa Fresh. You know what I'm saying? He's sharp. And then uh, immediately, like niggas in his comments like, hey, man, take that shit off. <laughs> like, take that shit off. I don't know. You don't take them letters off. You don't know what that means. It's set tripping. I advise you to do. I, I advise you. <laughs> I advise you, you know what I'm saying, not to, to wear this. Niggas could run up on you and all that. What? People just going nuts, right? What? Like, uh, like people going nuts. And, like, so apparently... Uh, his brother's a Kappa, and um, I guess he thought he's borrowing clothes. No, I thought I get he he was under the impression that he was showing love. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Also, because it apparently is that they use his song "Wipe Me Down" to do their little shit up with. So he thought he was like, you know, what I'm saying showing love. But niggas got into his comments, and I seen a bunch of posts, and like niggas was getting. <laughs> Why little, is this shit so funny to me? I want to know where you stay, where your grandma stay. Like it was getting kind of, it was kind of wild. Like I get it, but I don't all the way get it, right? Because I saw this on Twitter. They said Boosie gonna look outside his crib and see a bunch of angry niggas dressed like (laughs) Jadena, a bunch of weird, (laughs) dressed like who? Jadena, classic man, nigga, a bunch of classic men out here. Um. (laughs) And I just wanted everybody to calm down for a little bit because, like. Uh, like who the fuck? Like, fam, don't one Boosie is a certified street nigga, certified street nigga, <laughs> yeah, right? I absolutely. say that because the day before that, I posted a video on Shop Talk page of Boosie just finding out what reparations was. <laughs> Vlad was like, "What do you think about reparations?" He was like, "Who?" He said, "Reparations." Like, what's that? You know that we have such oh. a short time span, but let's not forget when Boosie was locked the fuck up. And niggas was waiting on him to come home. Like, Boosie certified the jail time. Yeah, he did. Like, let me, I'm going to play this because I'm going to try to understand the level of, like, y'all not Nothing, really. What's the only thing pow- more powerful than niggatry? Jesus Christ. That's it. <laughs> and the niggatry is strong. Reparations. What that is? That's uh, the government giving back money back to the descendants of American slaves. The irony of Vlad being white explaining this. To Boosie. To Boosie. So they gonna give us money back? If y'all can see the smile on this nigga face. Like, you owe the whole world. You owe everybody black. If you saying it like that, reparation, you and they can pay everybody, bro. They can pay everybody back. Just give all the black it get worse. money. For, that's how I feel. If that's reparation, that's the reparation I'm gonna want to see. Everybody who black, everybody who black, ancestors black, deserve uh, a check. You know, you gotta get Vlad. At the end of the year, they they rip up hundreds of millions of dollars, bro, and throw it away. You can throw that to the black people for all the slavery. That'll be some real shit. I'd do that if I was president. I definitely. All right, so like, he, and he, he he meant that from a special place. Facts too. like this, is he Boosie, was, right? It was yeah, genuine. Right. So it was genuine. I yeah. I don't know that Boosie understands about y'all the the the, the Greek fraternities and all that shit, right. or. 
don't the nigga don't give a fuck. He don't care. Like about ninety eight percent of the population, right? Like they just don't give a fuck, right? So later on, he made a live and he was like, "Uh, I guess y'all mad at me wearing a sweater." He said, "I ain't gonna wear it no more." But like he said, a nigga told me you might want to be careful. It might want to take that off. He's like. Nigga, you don't know who the fuck I am. I will wear what the fuck I want to wear. Like I'm a certified I, street. I, I would got, like to pay cash money to see some one of y'all take that sweater off of Boosie like, out nigga, public. I beat a murder charge that I likely did. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let, let's, let's let's make sure we talking about the same Boosie. You know what I'm and saying? And if I didn't do it, I would have did it. Nigga, I if beat, I could have did. It. I beat cancer. And I be the murder. I am not worried about a nigga with a candy cane. <laughs> I'm not. Am I, I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go there about them candy canes. We're like, no, no. Listen, Swing that shit somewhere else, my nigga. I think y'all <laughs> niggas is tripping. You know what I'm saying? I, I really, really think y'all tripping. I'm not trying to disrespect y'all organizations and shit like that because that shit mean a lot to a lot of people. Absolutely. And it's, more, it does. it's, it's deeper it does. than, you know what I'm saying, whatever. But... In this moment, like I, I'm gonna get these jokes off. Now, in jest, I'm a, like now in my group chat, in my group, you know, a lot of my friends, um, pledge fraternities are a part. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, look, y'all can't take y'all college social group and apply that shit to the real world because niggas don't give a fuck. You know what I'm saying? Like I get it, but you don't tell no nigga what he can't. Like what you gonna do? Yeah. So because you went to college. So that you a different type of person. I'm not saying just because you went to college, you're not gonna bust a nigga head. But as an adult, you about to leave your nine to five or your 401k to go pick up a pistol and catch a case? Like you're not about that. Like you just not. And from my viewpoint, now you got is, a mortgage to pay. This is just me and my <laughs> Let viewpoint. Let that shit go. It's like for the regular civilian square, not as in like a, in a derogatory term, but right. like this the closest you ever gonna be to getting a gang. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You see the blood, you see, like, you, you know what, how shit is. Like, this the closest you ever gonna be. And like, this was your opportunity. We bought the, right. You set tripping cuz essentially, no, fam, this not that. Like, that shit don't run nowhere in the world. And they was like, you don't know, uh, the bro, they, they, they pull up like, no, fam. Pull up and do what? Now, <laughs> pull up and shimmy outside my house. Just cause you went to college don't mean that you not about, Whatever you about, but let's just be real. Don't nobody care about that shit, though. I say this. I say this. I'm still on, you know, I still work on a college campus and it's still real serious. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, oh, people my age, it's still extremely serious. People still affiliated. I mean, today is what, like Founders Day for the Sigmas, yeah, I think, yeah. or whatever. Shout outs to them. But at the end of the day, I think fraternities and sororities and their behavior has always come secondary to the streets. Always. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Straight up and down. So yeah, they was they was tripping. I ain't surprised though. I ain't surprised somebody was like you you wrong for wearing that. But I mean, coming so, at them like you need to take it off. You bugging. So have a conversation like, hey man, these and then a lot of people like nigga, we earned these letters. Yeah, that's true. Well, okay. I'm so, <laughs> but I don't know how to say this without it being disrespectful. And I will say this. So I reached out to two of my homies. Uh, two people who are my friends who I respect them right? and they are in fraternities and they Greek black Greeks and we're going to bring them on the show so that we can have a, a, a deeper conversation some, like, so, some sorority sisters and bring them on too I know them too so yeah. we can have a, a deeper a no, con- different. understanding no, they real gangsta <laughs> but it's like um like what, what you 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 shaved your you, you shaved the eyebrow off what like you shaved your mustache off oh I thought so, because cause I somebody, thought you were trying to no, get on me again about this shaving accident. No, no, no. But somebody referred to me. That's just like a, a Bloods and Crips. Like, no, that's not like that. No, like didn't. them people actually 
die about that shit. There's blood, blood that been spilt from whatever set you hear, whatever. Y'all niggas not dying over y'all frat. I can't say that no one has ever did that, but y'all niggas is not. So what if the blood's like, oh, y'all cappers, y'all wear red. Don't wear that shit no more. That's ours. You, we, you, we die for our shit. You, you don't deserve to you wear it. You didn't colors. earn. You ain't yeah. earn that red. So now what? Well, was some Chris Rudder like y'all in red? No, take that shit off, fam. We don't, we don't rock with that. We gonna press you. Like I, I really do get it that like it's y'all shit. Y'all, y'all, y'all went through what y'all went through. Y'all right, brotherhood. Right. But let's just put that shit in perspective with the real world and how street niggas is and like. Yeah, the two the two don't match up. But you did see like Boosie also asked the niggas to help him learn like they <laughs> you all, they moves. But did you also see when Boosie made his his next the next day what he had on? Nigga had on a shirt with every, every color, color bandana yeah. <laughs> shirt. Like he clearly don't give a fuck about no colors. <laughs> like he had the red, the green, the blue. Like yeah. every his shirt was made out of a bunch of bandanas. Like mm-hmm. y'all thought this was a time for y'all to stand up and pump your chest. Like don't ain't nobody afraid. Like in real, life, no one's afraid, right? And I don't even know that that should be your goal, is to to try to make somebody to be in afraid. That conversation, nah. That's that's not even how nah. it should be. I, I mean, I can nah. definitely understand the respect factor, but I, yeah. I feel you a thousand percent. Like <laughs> we not we not getting pressed over the, over this sweatshirt. I, I and I yeah, I understand you standing up for it because that is something that you work for, but yeah. you're not about to threaten him about it. Because yeah, like the like I said, I would pay cash money. To see somebody try and take that shit off of Boosie in public. Boosie, I pay cash. I pay whatever I have for that. Boosie video. is a great follow on the internet. So yeah, yeah. When he <laughs> finds out about shit for the first. Did you see when he found out that uh, the baby was in jail? Yeah. Oh, shit. This. this I want to follow him around all day and just to see what he do. You think VH1 get Boosie a TV show? They, they he, should. He got one. This nigga was on. He was on live yesterday. Cooking eggs with a knife, <laughs> not like a not like a steak knife, like the big ass cake knife, like a, a the your big knife that's in your fr- in, in your. In hey man, whatever utensil is is close. This nigga by. was cooking eggs with a knife. Him, that nigga, you he can wear what the fuck he wants to. Any nigga that cook eggs with a knife, that's hilarious, man. That nigga cook eggs with a knife, dog. But like, like when I when I say who who's the whose man's is this? Is this it's for like y'all who. The energy that y'all gave was off. Right. I'm not, it's no problem with you saying, hey, hey, fam, uh, we take those, those, that colors and those letters pretty serious. It has a deeper meaning. We got social, political things. It's not just our, uh, our, our friend group or whatever. We take those kind of serious. And since you're not a part of it, like out of respect, you, we ask that you don't do that you know what i'm saying but like for sure there's a way that you do that but everybody went this extra tough route and it just don't align what i what i think y'all philosophy is in general you know what i'm saying i I know it's not about that it's about something deeper y'all been here for 100 years 200 whatever the whatever the the time frame is or whatever so um i did reach out to two of my friends they're gonna come on uh within the next week or so um, we can have a, that'd be a good dialogue because mm-hmm. I, I do I do have questions and you I know, don't know I don't know a lot about Greek organizations so I mean and that'd they be a me, good dialogue. One of them actually heard last week I was talking about like I just never been a fan of groups in general like I never wanted to join groups. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not a knock to anybody who does, but we can just have a a, a conversation so they can explain all the stuff they go through and yeah, get, like get that. a different point of view. 
Yeah. Yeah. So sense. I'm I'm good with that. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm good with that. I can't wait to have it. Yeah. So that that should be fun. Um, but whose mess is this? Like niggas is putting up posts like, yeah, nigga, take that off. Like, let me. I, I screenshotted some of this shit because I'm like. Cause I don't want y'all to think I was making this shit up. Cause I'm seeing casting his comments talking crazy. <laughs> this is not okay, bro. You're not a member of my fraternity. If I was you, I would change that. Like, but but you're not him, so that's irrelevant. Next one. This nigga said you dumb or something. It means you just can't use our name like that. You lucky you wasn't on my campus because my brothers is heated right now. He was talking back and forth to somebody in comments and shit like, fam. So you talking to a nigga <laughs> on campus? To a nigga in the street, like we just got two different. Yeah, we, two different. we riding two different. We riding two different lines. Yeah, uh, but most, going in two different directions. Yeah. Um. So, uh, when the last time you been to court? Oh, what kind of court? Like, Any you court. Specify. Nigga. Uh, shit, like October. Uh, you couldn't take your cell phone in. No, but they. I saw they changed that law. Yeah, the Michigan Supreme Court just changed the law. Um, by May 1st, they got to let cell phones in. That's what's up. But uh, they can still be like, fuck that until May 1st? Essentially. Okay. They got until May 1st. Um, they said it wasn't fair that if you are um, representing yourself in court, I mean, the internet, <laughs> like niggas can't even access the internet or files or whatever because that should be on their phone or electronic devices and it's not fair. So they was like, well, what about uh, police detectives or undercover officers who have to testify and may not want to be filmed or mm-hmm. take pictures. Or that was like, well, the other option outweighs that shit. So y'all got to deal with it's it. It's a hazard of the job. Yeah. And they say, Damn. well, you can't, you can't be on the phone while in the courtroom, but right. you can text and you can go online and do everything like that. And you can't take pictures or video without the judge's permission. And you can't take pictures and video why you in the courtroom and you can't take pictures or video of someone without their own permission. Okay. So, I mean, I'm pretty sure you take your phone out and point at somebody, they on your head. Nothing good will yeah. come from that. No. Nothing good will come from none of that. Maybe once it's normalized, it's, it's right. going to be like a, a transitional period. Nothing <laughs> good will come from that. But they do want the court proceedings to be open because anybody can go in any courtroom at all. Absolutely. That's true. So That's if true. I want to know if it's an undercover cop, I just walk into the courtroom. And all the transcripts is available. That's true. Freedom of information. And you can walk into any courtroom unless unless it's specified where the courtroom is closed. And that's like very special cases. Anybody can go in the courtroom at any time. That's true. Yeah. So it's like now you just got to describe what the nigga look like. (laughs) He's about 6'2". So I, I hate leaving my phone in the car. I don't like doing it when I go downtown. Court takes forever. Forever. Yeah. And sometimes you, if you got children, you got different, like you just can't be away from your phone for five hours, six hours, and no one can contact you. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting. All they also said, they said that you can use your electronic devices to, so like when there's paperwork, um, I for sure uh, use my iPad to uh, take pictures of options and, and turn them into PDFs or yeah. whatever. Right. Like you, you can, you can do that as long as it doesn't mess up the physical documents or the person who's following this stuff. So it it's better for people. On, it's better I, on I that spectrum. That. Yeah, that's that's a good thing because they got some of the most archaic practices. Yeah, absolutely. Going to court Nigga, and file paperwork, file, 
I mean, nobody want to deal with the clerk. No, ever. Because it, it takes forever. And if you representing yourself and you don't have access to your documents or yeah. or if, a, if you see somebody up there saying something that's right, like, let me Google this law because that's not what you, right. uh, the 14th Amendment says right. or whatever it is. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it's technology, dog. We can't live in the Stone Age. It's not going nowhere, man. So it's affecting everything. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm with you though. Like I feel like some we're gonna witness something bad. Absolutely. Before this is all said Absolutely. and done with. Somebody gonna end up, you know what I'm saying, going live in court or something like that. Watch this. Or some you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Somebody gonna do something stupid. Or like a high profile case. Yeah. Somebody sitting in there with a, you know, recording unbeknownst to the people in the courtroom. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's phone gonna go off. Your phone go off. Like That's that. gotta be contempt. That's got to be 30, like a judge going to throw a nigga 30 days for that phone going off. So the only thing that saved me is uh, I be having my AirPods with me and my Apple Watch, which is like um, the the cellular version. You know what I'm saying? So my text still come through and a phone call can still come through because I got my AirPods and shit. You know what I'm saying? So can't take no pictures. But they wasn't taking niggas' watches when you go through the yeah, yeah. and so right. whatever. So, yeah, right. And there were certain co- courts you could already take your phone in, like family court and shit. You can take your phone. Yeah. So before each court, pretty much can set their own rules. Yeah. Right now they streamlining everything, and then everybody got till May first to get in compliance. Okay. So it's gonna take, be interesting. Yeah. Um, take your phone to court. Well, don't gotta leave it in the car. Rather, just. Keep that shit on vibrating. Silent. Yeah. The wrong judge on the wrong day. It's gonna be a bad it's Absolutely. gonna it's gonna be some heavyweight getting getting laid out there. Uh speaking of like cell phones, technology, and, and people posting shit, because you might be in the so what if what if you in the courtroom, somebody take a picture of you and be like, This nigga on the stand snitching. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, saying. that's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Gonna, right. you know what I'm saying? But they t- they not telling the truth. You know what I'm saying? Like then what? So the reason I bring that up is because uh, there was a young lady in Vancouver mm. who was online spreading untrue rumors about a guy. Said he was a drunk, he was a cheater, he had STDs. Like did a whole online campaign against a nigga on, on Snapchat and Facebook and Instagram. And what happened? They awarded him 200 k. <laughs> gotta pay that man. She gotta pay him two hundred thousand dollars. He won't besmirk my good name out here in these streets. Yeah, and I, I'm glad that happened. Even but, if I'm a yeah. dirt bag, you can't go. You can't do it. No, man, don't get on the internet lying and shit. Or I, and lying is anything you can't prove in court. I mean, in the face of the people being able to make accusations and completely destroy people. <laughs> yeah, in the last couple of years, it's tough, man. You know what I'm saying? It's terrible. It's set a precedence now. So now you know. Just the accusation. They looking at you sideways forever. Absolutely. Forever, no matter what. Absolutely. It can be something extremely wild. Like, it's no way. Was she atting him? Like, at J. Johnson 313? This right here. Oh, man. It's a liar, a thief, and he got herpes. I just wonder how far down the spectrum. Like, if you subtweet me and I can prove it's me, like, can I? Nah. Can I I take you to court? Yeah. Can can I I take you to court? The only defense for defamation in character or anything like that is if it's the truth. Yeah. Like, if it's the truth, it's the truth. It's got to be able to work for, like, a subtweet then. Because, like... No one knows it's you. 
let me paint a picture and I just want you to follow me. This is this is a completely made up scenario. So say like <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm I'm serious. Cuz I was thinking about this earlier. So say like you and let's say her name is Tracy was dating. Yeah. You decide you don't want to Hey Tracy. Yeah, you decide you don't want to date Tracy no more and it's over with. You start dating such and such. Uh Simone. Now, yeah, now you now you dating Simone. Hi Simone. Tracy feels a type of way about you dating Simone and is subbing you about things, maybe like a text conversation that you all had. Yes. She's not screenshotting it, but like she is point there are bullet points in her tweet that will correspond with your texting. Okay. She's subtweeting you. You can prove that she is talking about me. How do besides you knowing that, who else knows that she's talking about you? Just me like me being Defamed is not me knowing I'm being defamed is not enough. Well, you're not being defamed if others, you know what I'm saying? The whole thing is, do no, nah, I'm just trying to figure out where the gray area, like how far can you push it left? That's all. I think that'd be like a blade. If you line. can, if you could prove that somebody is doing something to intentionally damage your reputation, you got a case. But I, mean, I feel probably, like my reputation is being damaged, but it's not direct. It's not, not direct. Now, me. I'll give an example if I'm Lala Anthony. And everyone, it's it's, it's, a, it's a common fact, or everyone knows that my husband? my husband is Carmelo Anthony. And I say, boy, I hate what my husband, <laughs> or like my most recent relationship. Or, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, if you right. read something like the, the if that lay person or common person would be like, read this and know exactly who it is, boom. Okay. But if not, mm. okay. Or if you just got a, somebody who has, who makes a really compelling argument in front of a jury. Jury notification. So there you go. I don't know, man. You get the right lawyer. You Fact. might be you might be able to beat that shit home. You may not get two hundred K, but I take fifty. Right. Mm. I take fifty racks off your ass. Bet you won't talk bet you won't subtweet me to fuck again. Right. Yeah. Or not know another nigga ever in your life. Yeah. Uh only other thing on my list, man, before we before we dive deeper into the episode, uh Tyler Perry Tyler Tyler Perry has been in the news for the last couple of days. Y'all anybody heard what? About him writing all his own scripts. Yeah, he was saying like um he no had posted role. a video and he was going through all these different scripts that shows that's about to that's on and about to he was like, you know what? And people are always talking about the such and such goes downs in the writing room. He's like, Well, I don't there is no writing room. I wrote I write everything. This is not a knock to Tyler Perry because he's built an empire and I don't know shit about building an empire. I ain't I ain't where he's One at. One brick yet. at a time. <laughs> oh, you know something about that. You know something yeah. about it. You okay, just but ain't at the final yeah, I, I, I'm not there yet. But I would like to think that maybe he, some of these productions might Nigga, get be some, better get if he writers. had some other people helping him. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be the the same cookie cutter. And, and I mean that's his brand. That's that's what he's known for. He's known for the Medea that slapstick shit. Like. It having a real good message to it, and yeah. then a bunch of Medea in it. Yeah. Like that's that's how he's made his it's like morally founded <laughs> amongst Conan. Yeah, but like like maybe if you did have like real comedians helping you write some of this shit, these one, movies would actually be funny. One, I think you're lying. <laughs> that's the first thing you may write the the screenplay or whatever, uh-huh. but nigga, there's writers. Two, I, can, I don't want Tyler Perry to write every single word of everything that I see Tyler Perry produce. But it's Go ahead, man. I'm sorry. Two, if I'm wrong, and he does write everything, nigga, get him writers. <laughs> like, get some writers. You got what the if, money. But at the end of the day, 
I don't find people who love his movies, but somebody watching them. Who is watching all these movies? It's a subculture yes. of Tyler Perry supporters. Yes. You know who, Heads. And they strong. Yes. They strong. But everybody you run across be like, I ain't watching that. I don't want to see that. I don't want to see Diary of a Mad Black Woman. But do you gotta, come to your town? Who going to sell out, Tyler? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he going to sell the fuck out. Absolutely. Three, three shows but on you Saturday. Think he was getting it. Before he got into TV and everything, he was riding through the South collecting On them VHS the circuit. Yes. Now, that's my first time being exposed to Tyler Perry. Plays, was on a fucking tape. A DVD, sure. yeah. Sure. He was hitting that chitlin', chitlin circuit one, hard. One brick at a time. Nigga, it was VHS. Yes. Tapes. DVDs, yep. All that. First time I seen it. Getting bootlegged. I was getting my car. Yeah. <laughs> getting bootlegged. I was getting my brakes done at Wearmaster, and they had a little tiny-ass TV in the waiting room, and they had that tape in there. And it's always clean. Yeah, because Wearmaster is like a... Because like he bootlegging on himself. He, he bootlegging on himself. It's clean. The majority of it is clean, so anybody can watch it. You know what I'm saying? Kids can watch it. Grandmamas can watch it and get something out of it. And you're not gonna get a bad copy, right? Like what? Whoever filming this shit is gonna be is oh, yeah. following the whole oh, stage. Yeah. Play. Oh yeah, definitely. Y'all don't remember when? Like we remember, like when bootlegs. It was a nigga actually sitting in the movie theater, yeah, with a mini camera, and he was taping the shit. I mean, those still exist. Yeah, those exist for like the like when it like until until a clean copy comes out. Like when you go on the sites, it'd be like cam. So like those be the ones that like still do it. You gotta wait. <laughs> I don't want. I don't you gotta wait. You gotta wait. On DVD. If yeah. it come out on DVD, you get a clean copy. You gotta wait or somebody I get. You a, wait for a demo. Yeah, somebody wait get a screener job. or something. Yeah. Wait for a yeah. demo a screener. Yeah. So it is screener season too because yes, Oscars coming around the corner. So, so now's the time to my, see all the movies that you ain't seen that they that they're gonna be talking about and you don't know nothing about. My homeboy, his brother has a sad card. So like during the Christmas holiday. Like they was indulging on movies that ain't out yet and shit. Mm, okay. So, okay. This, so like screener season is already yeah, it's already yeah, live. They, yeah. So you know what I'm saying? I'm just going through a list of his movies. He Did got you, a lot of them bitches, dude. Look at all this: black women, a Medea family funeral, boo, boo, a Medea Halloween, boo too, a Medea Halloween. This brother is caking off. He he's did, working. Yeah, he is. Uh, that table he built, bring some black people to it, and let them write. Get yeah. them, let them get they get they get their career started in a in a writing room yeah. that looks like them. Yeah, yeah. You know, let them get, let them get. And they probably just expect. Like, I be honest, what was the the marriage show that he had? The love and uh, meet the brown. Uh, 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 why did I get married? No, not the movie. He had, it was like a it, it was like a show. It was like oh, a show. Let me look that. Not the haves and the have-nots. Nah. Uh, if loving you is wrong. Nah, not the pains. Nah. Too close to home. <laughs> no. Dang, for better or worse. Yeah, for better or worse. Right. Like that one wasn't actually that bad. Like with a little yeah. bit of with a yeah. little bit of extra writing, like that shit could be has some. It has some compelling storylines already. Like I didn't think that one was that bad. But the like, have and have-nots. No, nah, the have. What was it? The uh, for better or worse? Yeah, for better or worse. I don't know nothing about it. I mean, it's, that's it's what I'm bad. saying. It's it's a whole culture of people. It come on, BET at an awkward ass time, this, and it's a lot of people in our age bracket that just do not deal with it at all. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, I give him props. He stuck to his guns. He definitely stuck to his guns. You know what I mean? All right, man. That was a odd, a little hot topic. And- no, no. We, I had one more I wanted to bring. Up. Okay. You see where uh, Prince Harry and his wife wow. are deciding that they are going to be independent. Yes. Shout I out did to see them. that. 
I mean, consider the pressure. And they don't, you know, they don't really have to do anything other than serve people. But they are victims of the press. 24-7. Yeah. What they doing to Meghan Markle over there, that shit is not right, though. Yeah, right. Uh. That, I, I ended up watching, like, the their 60-minute version over there. Like, they hate that woman. They do. Because she believes that women who are born... So she is a, a feminist, mm-hmm. right? And she has taken a stand that men who are now trans women uh, shouldn't be in spaces talking about womanhood because you don't have all the same qualifications as other women. And she don't I, feel that. And that, that, that she j- got a giant backlash from that. Um, I have no issues with somebody having their own independent opinion. Like, no, they're not all going to be popular. But, like, why does everybody have to feel, like, warm and fuzzy once I'm done talking? Like, that's not, that's just not how life works. And she black. They had, they be having her crying. They got, the, they got the half, they they have a biracial child. Like, uh. Of royal blood. So, if y'all just spend yeah. some time on there, because I know we, we don't get it all because we in America. Um, how we treat our celebrities is how they treat their royal family. And for, oh boy, he saw his mom pass away because of the, the paparazzi yeah, and yeah. running them and he keep he's seeing that and he's seeing the effects that it have on his wife right. so he's like man well, we out of here because he doesn't feel like their behavior has changed because they're doing the same thing to them yeah. chasing them all over the place wilding like y- y'all killed my mom this way and I, I i think it's interesting when you look at people like recently people's relationship with fame you know i always respected musicians like Prince, people like Maxwell, whatever, they stay out the public eye Yeah, still to this day. And, you know, you look at somebody like a Summer Walker. Summer Walker is, um, you know, she claims that she gets a great deal of anxiety mm-hmm. from dealing with that whole side of her she art. She just want to sing. Her art. She yeah. just want to sing. Meghan Markle, I guess she just want to be married and, and be rich and relax. They want to go into private business, but it's so difficult because they, they are part of this machine. And and it's it's really sad. It's I even, extremely sad. I even look at it, you know. I, I try. I don't want to get too preachy, but like in, in a biblical sense, mm-hmm. because you you're married, man. You're supposed to cleave on to your wife, right? And I mean, he see that his lifestyle, the family that he's come from, how it's affecting his wife yeah. and his family, and we gonna we gonna be out. And they're saying that the royal family found out, like. The rest of us, when the shit hit the press, he also yeah. recognized he ain't about to be king no time. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not high on that list, so right. I'm about to go through all this bullshit for no reason. Right, I'm gonna be a prince to the day I die. Right. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. What I'm, right. I'm the little brother. I'm too. just here like, to be. They just here to be a spectacle. Yeah. And give people something. <laughs> like to look you at. said, I'm the little. I'm like fifth or sixth in line. A lot of right. shit got to happen for me to. <laughs> right. For me to take That's like home. the secretary of state can be president. But like two other niggas gotta die first. Speaker, the house gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Majority leader. You know, it's a lot of niggas gotta it's die before gotta go. I'm just automatically the president. Right, right. absolutely. So I'll, I mean, I'm not mad at them. Take your fa- take your take your beautiful wife and your child. Go wherever the fuck it is y'all gonna go. I'm sure he got some coins stashed away. You'll be fine. And I, I think if you've never seen, you know, if you've never been to London and kind of seen what they have and seen how decadent their wealth is you know you we really don't have an idea we just look at it's literally like coming to america it it literally is the queen is the most is the richest person on the planet 
and she wield a lot of power. I know that y'all think that she be up <laughs> no, there with her she kid. Pow- she powerful as, as fuck. Like, all right, let me conspiracy theorist hat on and shit. Like, no, we subservient to them. In a way. Yeah. Which is why we don't, we can't call ourselves kings and queens. We can be a president of this corporation here, which is why we go over there. Like, remember George Bush got knighted? Yeah. How the fuck you kneel before <laughs> another another country and get, and they knight you? That's true. You can't ben, get knighted by somebody who you equals with. Bend the knee. Literally. Bend the knee. Right. You literally make them bend the knee. Like, they are, they right. are. In my in my brain, our three branches. You know how we got three branches of government. Yeah, yeah. Right. There are three. There are three different places that were in the world. America, we are the military branch. Um, London is the financial branch, and the Vatican is the spiritual branch. And them are wow. the three places that run the world. Yeah, and they yeah. all have the same obelisk, the same statue, Big Ben. Um, I can't think of the the name of the one that's in the Vatican and the one that's in Washington in D.C. Like they all got the same three monuments right outside them three places. That's the ring of power, mm. and they run everything. But I just felt like you just dropped some Illuminati <laughs> shit on the Friday after yeah, Friday yeah, evening. Yeah. I, I wasn't even ready even, for I that shit. Prepared. <laughs> I wasn't even ready for that shit. But Straight the Vatican out. got the all uh, the Vatican, they library and down they everything that's everything is there, and those are three city states like D.C. Ain't a state, right? The yeah, Vatican is its own true that. thing. The DC got its own flag. The Vatican has its own flag. Yep. And London is different from London City. The Vatican like, is sovereign. Yeah, it's independent. All three of them places, city states, they 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 by themselves. Damn, Jay, I didn't even. I don't, I don't like when you do that shit, man. I wouldn't even prepare for that. But that's to my tinfoil hat, <laughs> Titan hat over there. But I'm gonna be thinking about this shit all weekend now. Like you right. just fucked up my whole weekend with that. I mean, Wikipedia it out. Already, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you can't prepare. I, I, I mean, that's some shit I've been looking at for years. But uh, there was one last thing you did send me today. I mean, earlier this week that you wanted to talk about. Uh, it was a text message exchange. Oh, uh, hold on, let me pull that shit up because it was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking dumbass. And it don't make us look good at all. But we would be wrong if we didn't talk about it. So. This young lady was trying to do something. Oh, man, I forgot about this shit. <laughs> this nigga in this blackface. Yeah. I forgot all about that shit. That's uh, really, that's the real let it go, So she, <laughs> this young lady was trying to do something nice for her boyfriend, was going to bring him home some food. Uh, this nigga wanted Red Lobster. She's, to her tweet was, do y'all see how disrespectful niggas are? I've done nothing but do everything for this man. Helped him get his business and take him food or whatever he needs when he is struggling. And because I can't this time, this is how he comes at me. Okay. Uh, Just a paraphrase because I don't want to read through all this shit because it's a lot of shit. But this nigga wanted Red Lobster and for whatever reason, she, you know, financially couldn't get him Red Lobster. Right. She definitely offered to cook. And still bring him a home cooked meal, which I would kill a whole African village for at this point in my life is okay. a, a home cooked meal. Okay. Uh, but he acted like a whole bitch about the shit cause, and like started pouting because he couldn't have red lobster. I guess she asked him, like, hey, what you want to eat? And she, he was like, some red lobster. A little later in the day, she was like, hey, uh, I'm kind of out somewhere right now mm-hmm. with mom and everything. I really can't do the red lobster, but I'm about to make this. Do you want it? This nigga say, don't ask me what I want to eat and then tell me to pick something else ever again. 
So she like, you know, uh, I'm sorry. What is he going? What's really going on? It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of tight right now. What else so wrong? He looking for an out. He, look, he looking for yeah, out. He, he done. He, he like, he's sick wrong? of her already. She like, I don't like the way that you talk to me at all. I'm offering to get you food and going out of my way to do so. I also get what you want. I'm sorry that I can't at this time. Second text is, I'm not your bitch. <laughs> and if that's how you want to treat me, I'll be quick to be out. And he was like, nah, I'm cool. <laughs> you heard what I said. Don't try to play a position that you're not fit for then. I told you what I wanted to oh, eat. Oh, wow. <laughs> if you have a problem then be out then you're clearly not on my level and can't afford to support a man of my caliber yeah he clearly got options he may at least in his own mind <laughs> i ain't never seen a nigga say no shit like that it's kind of sassy you yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit feel a little saucy yeah, all bad bitch <laughs> right <laughs> you can't afford to take care of a nigga of my caliber do you have to do you have to say it with your hand like that when you say <laughs> point you gotta talk with your hand <laughs> like you a bad bitch <laughs> you're right i think we get exposed to everybody's opinion about everything and the truth is it's assholes out there bro Facts. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He <laughs> the world is running. Wrong. The world is running rampant with right, him. right, right. That's ridiculous. You know? I mean, including myself, but, because <laughs> the, the opposite is true too. Yes, yeah. we see the opposite. We see girls nutting up on social media because you didn't buy me what I want. Right. Because right. if, if you didn't tell me which was the man and which was the the, the woman, you wouldn't have known. I would have been like, you can easily interchange. I'd been like, why shit. she so why she so mad? Like he he's right. he saying he want to uh take because like we'll be defending him like yeah. Right. So now we really got to climb a man because, like, come on, fam. That's uh, relationships is all about power dynamics, dude. Yeah. It's all about power dynamics, and he got the up. He clearly think he got the upper hand. Yeah, you know he, what I'm saying. He on his he, he on his way out. Yeah, he is. He just need he just needed something to the screen door cracked. He just needed something yeah. to blow that bitch wide open, he just and this is to it. Do something where he could morally walk away and feel like I, I I'm okay. Yeah, I, I wasn't wrong to her. I we, mean, she, how many times though in your in your life uh, have you been that nigga? More than once. Yeah. We all have. Yeah. Everybody has. This guy? Yeah. Not maybe to that uh, extreme. Say, I can't, like, not to that extreme. But you trying to figure it out, especially yeah. when you're younger. When I you're need an out. 2021, you're just trying to figure out how you can. Oh, until Ease. I've only ended, me personally, I've only ended one relationship. The other ones, oh, I just waited to get dumped. Like, I made that shit happen. Just do the bare ass minimum. <laughs> I, I definitely. Wow. And I'm not proud of that. But I was young. No, yeah. I, I feel. You. I, I mean, it. yeah, I've been older, and you, I'm not proud of. You, I get it. You kind of wait for that. All right, I don't I get out of this. Shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. If I don't answer the phone, she's gonna be really mad, and this is gonna right. be the, this is gonna be <laughs> this is what's gonna be in the end of it. Right, right. I don't know. Right. Throw a little gas on that on that campfire. Right. <laughs> Turn this bitch to a bonfire now. Mm-hmm. She did something. She did something wrong. She got well. She got him on his got him on his feet. Got his business together, and now oh. he's ready to go. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's whack. Scandalous. Way next hell all over again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she don't make, I don't, he can't I, have red lobster. He's he he, not he making out, it good on, on the fellas. You know no, he's saying? not. He's not. He he making us look very. Hey man, I'm. Toxic. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I've done more. He probably playing Future in the background while he was texting that right. shit. Oh wow, <laughs> Future is hard on him, dude. Mm. <laughs> you heard Future new song? Did you see that video? Yeah, with, with him and Drake? and Drake. I loved it. I it, do too. It's I really loved good. It. it was fun. They worked. They work well together. Seventy-five yeah, percent of it, I like. Yeah, they work well together. Yeah, yeah, they do. They do. I, I don't know if I want to hear a whole another project because I feel like that first one kind of fell short on my expectation list it sounded kind of contrived you know to me yeah that, it was that one sounded like so i think because the first one sounded like future and then drake jumped on all the tracks yeah that's what i'm saying this yep. one i think they're making it together yep 
Cause like this song was good. Drake, what a time to be alive. That yeah, was it. that's what it's called. Drake verse and hook was dope. Uh, I didn't like the first half of Future Verse, but he he cooked the second half yeah, of the verse. Did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like it, even the Cadence Swift, like he cooked the second yeah. half of the verse. I I I can't. I could never get in the future. <laughs> I love future. I, I gotta take. Small I love doses. that. I gotta shit. take small doses of them. I like a, a lot of the, the the. I mean, like March 14th, March, March Madness, Madness like that. But like, fuck us some commas. DS two, Dirty Sprite two was like I. That was my future album. The rest of the shit I didn't. You yeah, know, me too. I wasn't. That's I the only one. I, I don't really want my future. Yeah. I don't want my yep. future unless he perked up and drink and sipping syrup. Yeah. That's how I want my future. Well, you never gonna get him that way because <laughs> he don't really do it. So yeah, he don't. <laughs> he said, "Save me. <laughs> right. Come save me." That was his last album. Save me from it, please. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I like Future and Lil Wayne together. They always make a slapper. Okay. They always do. I feel like I ain't heard Lil Wayne in a grip in a minute. Not the Lil Wayne that we love. I mean, he released Carter Five last year. We just didn't care. Yeah, it was too late. Too little. Too late. Yeah, yeah that's all you had with Kendrick. That Mona Lisa. That shit was. That shit was good. It it bubbled. <laughs> that a, shit was good. Two weeks, mm-hmm. maybe. That's 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 a a raindrop in the ocean for rap music. Man, it come and go so quick. It come and go so quick for some artists. Yeah, that's true for for the majority. But like a lot of niggas. Either you put out not enough content or niggas oversaturate too much, content. Yeah. It's never like that happy. Like I lo- as much as I love Griselda, they put out a lot of fucking content. They do. I can't keep up. Nah. I can't I, keep up. I got I, my joints, but I can't keep up. I love currency. <laughs> but currency put out like a lot of fucking yeah. music. Yeah, they do. I tap out on currency because like I know I'm not gonna listen to it all. You gonna it's like you gonna just catch it in a vibe and then walk away from the vibe when yeah. you're done. And it's gonna be still there. I hear you. Which is why I like Kendrick and Cole so much. My man. Because it make you miss it. And then Kendrick puts he takes so long between albums because he literally is crafting Masterpieces. Words. There's a podcast on Spotify called Dissect. Oh, we we on it. We on it. Love it. So did y'all heard the whole thing about damn being the story of Job and all that is so (laughs) deep. That's so crazy. What was for me to Pimp a Butterfly was the best album in a decade last year. Last decade. We, we picked, said good kid. We could we we picked good kid. Okay. But it wasn't until Dissect that I looked at I I liked the Pimp a Butterfly. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I thought I understood it. Right. But when he broke it down and I realized that damn near every single word yeah. and every single reference tied back to something yes. and everything there's had no, a meeting. There's yes. absolutely no wasted words. Yes. And I I'm like, who the f- you know, we all rapped. I, I wasn't never that good. Your I fav- never put that much. Your favorite in. rapper got a Pulitzer. Every single word. <laughs> that shit is powerful. The, I, the, the intent, you got to respect the intentionality yeah. of really taking it so serious as something that has the capacity to speak to people. Yeah. That's what I respect about him. And I catch a lot of flack for it. I mean, my homies call me a stand, but I respect everything that he do because everything is so calculated. And he yeah. do it right. Yeah, he do. He respect the, the presentation. Game. He respect the game. Like him and Nipsey, God bless Nipsey, like they always did and handled all the situations correct. Even if, say, if Nipsey get into the victory slap incident, he still, after that shit was over, he had a conversation with a man, he handled it right, and then all the interviews after that, he would never let them disrespect the man. Yeah. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have handled this way, whatever. Like he would always handle the situation correctly. Kendrick, I thought handled the control shit the correct way. Yeah. Like I put out a I put out a rap 
challenge to all y'all and not one person that I named on record responded to me. Right. A lot of right. people they responded. Didn't want that. They, didn't, they didn't want it. They didn't, they didn't want, want that energy. And then I kind of followed up on the BET uh, cipher. Ha ha. Joke's on you. Yeah. And, and y'all <laughs> King Kendrick. He, that was the Drake. Because he, he, when he, he even named, he said nothing was the same. Like I'd said the name of your album in my disc about niggas not trying to step. I respect. I don't care what niggas say. I think Drake's pin game is still is still phenomenal. Yes, I agree. I, I think his pin game is phenomenal. I but I think he also knows Who's, like that knows, limitation. He like, know where not to go. Yeah. Yes. But he, Kendrick yes. said y'all still in bars. Y'all. I yeah. forgot how he said oh, it. Oh yeah, Kendrick Winetti. Like nigga, we. I know that you're not writing this shit. I can't say your pin game is dope if you're not writing it. I think he, I think he still puts together quality work, even if he's. I know we there, yes. there's always that that gray area, but I mean he puts out quality fucking work. Like like for me, like I listened to a joint like Diplomatic Immunity, mm-hmm. and it was a bar fest. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And people say whatever they want about him, but you can't discount that. You cannot discount he can rhyme. Yeah, and he writing it. I think he writing it myself. I think all that R and B stuff. I think he get help with that. I think he still he get that writer's room. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, you did you get a chance to listen to the two hour and twenty minute uh, joint he did with uh, Rap Radar? Bro, I listened to all of it. So yeah, he, absolutely. He kind of was like he's a little sassy on that too. Because they asked him about the writing, he was like, "Well, I write all my timestamp records, yeah, and I write all my major records." But he kind of left it like. Maybe half and half. Like, that's not okay with me, though. Mm. He was like, the timestamp records, the really, really big records, and a lot of the the, the ones on the album, like the B-sides that y'all read, like, I wrote all of those. That's what I'm saying. I think, like, a passion fruit. I don't know if he wrote that. I don't know if he wrote, you know, I, but I think the, the records where he rhyming, rhyming, I think he's writing that. I do. We just got to take his word. We have to. But yeah. I mean, that's messed up. But I mean, yeah, it is. But, it is. But I mean, like we, we we can talk about the elephant in the room. Like Drake's not the only nigga that's doing that. Oh no, shit. like not. a lot of y'all niggas' favorite rappers. Like name them. Name one. I I, I can't because confirm. that's the one. I, that's the one I got proof on. So name one because everybody say I, that, but name one. I can't. I can't. I can't confirm. You hear you hear niggas all, say all the time. Like I ghost wrote some of your favorite shit. Like you know, I'm sure there's an NDA mm-hmm. somewhere tied into yeah. that check that you getting. Yeah, tied into them royalties. <laughs> yeah, like I think yeah, we, we never speak too. on this shit. I think niggas be gassing too. You you see a lot of niggas just they live off their pen. Like Red Cafe doesn't make good music as a solo artist, but like he pins for other. He's pinning like, for niggas on Bad Boy and, and living. When I say niggas be gassing, like Fifty gassing when he say he wrote game albums. You know what I'm saying? Like fam, he probably gave some melodies. Gave drove drove the vision. So yeah. for an, for a couple hooks, yeah. I took I took songs. Or the beat was there and the hook was there, and it used to be my song. We snatched all your verses out. I put my verses on there, and now this a Drake. I mean, now this a game record. And he like, I wrote that record. You wrote on the record. You didn't yeah. write. You didn't write my album. Maybe he he point. He, you steering the course. I gave you that vibe. Yeah. yeah, it's like the ultimate disrespect to a degree. Other than talking about somebody personally, is to say you wrote that record. Yeah, because you know? this is not singing. The 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 right. the, the the skill set. Is how you put the. Did you why, make up this word? But, but what? Like, why don't we discredit that with like some of our favorite R and B songs? I know that fucking Jodeci didn't write "Forever My Lady." Right. I know Al B. Sure wrote that song. That's exactly but why is there I'm no saying. discredit to because Al B. Sure? I, I think because we view hip hop as being hip hop is a competitive sport, and it will always be competitive to a certain degree. 
And that's one of the rules. That's one of the standards. Well, in singing, the skill that you're displaying is how your voice sounds. Not the word, not if you wrote the words. Right. It's how you sound when you sing it. It is, it is how you sound. But like, when you look, like I was listening earlier today, I had my daughter in the car. We was listening to Stevie Wonder, Knocks Me Off My Feet. Mm -hmm. Those are incredible words in that song. They are. Like to think that Stevie penned those words, that's, that's in, that makes the song, even though he sang it, that makes it that much better. But songwriting is its own culture within music. Songwriting is its own culture, and that's across genres. Rap doesn't observe that. I Rap, never looked at music that way, though. Well, I never looked at singing that way because, I mean, we all know, like, coming up, well, in the earlier days, like, they would have whole cover albums. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Burt you know Backrack was eaten. It yeah, wasn't never is. about, did you write the song? It was like, how did you perform the right. song? How did Absolutely. you sing What's your it? version sound? I like. never heard a right. song on the radio from an a R&B singer and was like, Man, she really went through a lot. Or like, I just like, damn, she can sing. The melody was cool. I never thought like, this is her life. This is right. his does, life. Does it take away from but, like an artist like Mary J. Blige? No. Like Mary's revered for like going through shit and singing her way through it. But does it's that still, take away from my life? No, it's no. still it's still R and B at its heart. I think like we talked about when we first came in, rap is the most literary form of music ever. So because it's founded, I mean, modern hip hop, modern rap is yeah. the most literary form. Because Busy B was getting records written for him. You know what I'm saying? Back in the in the early days, it was other people writing Cold records. Crush. Like Cold Crush. The Rappers first Delight. rap song. Yeah. Rappers. Rappers. Delight. So One nigga so, wrote so the song. Yeah, Cass. So for me, the skill set it takes to write a rhyme and the skill set it takes to perform, you got to have both of those in touch to be able Facts. to be to, to, to be legit. No, no, but you don't. You can find a nigga that can rhyme words together and you got could. the and got the look, you could. but I, he can't pin lyrics. You could so I mean, like so, the nigga's essentially a puppet. So so who were you? When you say yes, he could. Yes, he could to the public to make money, or that's how you judge it. Like you don't care. No, I no, I'm I'm I don't want to get off in the wrong thing. Like I'm from the subculture. Like I care. I it's hope, not the sub. That's the culture. I hope my favorite. The subculture is merely uh, us accepting Millie Vanilli. Is yeah. the subculture the actual culture? Like I say it all the time, Royster Five Nine is one of my favorite MCs. I think right. his pen is impeccable. Black Thought is one of my favorite MCs. Right. I saw him two weeks ago, and he what fifty one? Yeah, and I saw brutal. I saw I brutal. saw him in Colorado. Like he, the Roots legit performed two hours straight yeah, through. Absolutely, yeah. Breath control, like he's he's the quintessential MC. Yes, if something were to leak out. And I heard a reference track for Black Thought, I would be fucking devastated. One hundred percent. If I found That's what out, I'm saying. if I found out somebody else wrote Boom for Royce to find nine, like that would just let all the air up out of me. Like I, right. I'd be devastated. The delivery and the creation of the lyrics go hand in hand, and that's why I think Drake takes the accusations of him ghostwriting more personal than the stuff that happened with Pusha T. Straight up, I think he take it more personal. I don't know, because he forgave Meek, but he won't forgive Pusha T. Mm, yeah. That's but I, I I mean, think about it. He won't Pusha T went to a level that was above and beyond what Meek was doing, first of all, in terms of talking about his son and everything. But I don't think that he's I I feel like the rest of his career he's going to be proven or he's going to feel like he gotta prove that he can rhyme and that he's writing his own rhymes. Um, Pusha T don't factor in. He ain't gonna factor in. According to nah. Drake, the baby line was one thing. He's he's more offended that he talked about forty. Mm, and like, yeah. fam, don't bring my wife into this shit. 
Like yeah. you crossed the yeah, line. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Like that's you true. can't first off, you can't come over here from your little country <laughs> and get inside of this culture of music and then think you can change the rules of engagement. Fam, you crossed the line and brung in my wife. Like, why you say her name on a record? What if I don't want people to know my her name? Now I can speak on your child. Yeah, like you 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 opened up the game. You, you he was. I you, think you I, opened up a whole new level to I, the game. I think he felt like, to a degree, I I think he felt like he was kind of infallible because he did change the game. And you know what it mean when Drake said chick name? Like he linked he's he linked to that woman or something yeah, like that. Like right. no, don't play with that because she she not a rapper. She not on Instagram. We ain't yeah, in pictures right, together. Right. You went and pulled in someone who ain't got nothing to do with this right, and right. brought him in who's an innocent bystander. So I got some information about you that I learned from somebody in your crew anyway. Yeah, that's from, true. From, a, from a, a chick who was messing with your mans, who was yeah, pillow, pillow talk, talking. He was pillow talking, and I got the information, and I leaked. It was a, it was a good chess move. But if Pusha T... If if Drake had not said that and Pusha T did not have the information about his son and his wife being a, a porn star or whatever, he probably would have lost that battle outright on records. Pusha T would have lost it outright on records. I don't know. Pusha been bait, I, I, he been baiting you know, Drake for years. It would have been what if is what if, but I think when it come down to it, Drake would have got him. I thought the Duppy freestyle beat is a lot better than the story of Adonai beat. Yes, but I think. Push was in his bag as far as writing. But if that priest wasn't in it, then Drake would have been able to come back. Yeah. And Push said he had something else in the in the stash too. Like I we was cheated from a a, a good battle. Yeah. Like I wanted to because they threw their first shots and he couldn't recover from the first. Like he went to go get Jake Prince. You got people like Yeah. You took an L. I, I don't think I don't think many other artists would have been able to sustain after that L he took. Mm-mm. He just had so much inertia behind him in terms of his success, in terms of the other things that he was involved in that he was able to kind of sustain through it. Yeah. And it's the right time where my, the majority of my fan base don't care about bars. <laughs> they women. Yeah, exactly. So, Absolutely. Speaking, speaking about bars and music and because I think we can get into some really good hip hop conversations. Yeah, man. Right. We, we have day. it. We having it. <laughs> All night. Uh, so let's talk about a little bit of music. So I bought, I bought my mans in here because you have put together a collective okay. and I want you to t- touch on the collective of Dirty Old Men. So I am part of a collective of producers called the Dirty Old Men. And it's literally, I mean, formally, it's probably about 15 to 16 of us. But the sphere of influence is a lot bigger. And okay. so, make a long story short, uh, we connected through uh, a Google Hangout back in like 2015. Um, shout out to Gadget from DMV. Uh, he runs uh, Digital Hustle Films. He does a lot of production videos and stuff for uh, artists like Kev Brown, uh, Hassan Mackey, Cats that's down there that's, you know, tending to make a lot of noise. So, yeah. He put together a hangout and invited a bunch of producers. One of the producers he invited was a cat that's from here named Tashir Rasay, who used to rhyme. And he was running something called Computer Music Academy. So he had a group of producers he was cool with. And we kind of joined crews. And then what ended up happening was we started having conversations with each other and finding out we had a lot in common. So we all 30 some plus. We all got wives and families. We all professional dudes or got jobs. You know what I'm saying? You got a cat that's a professor at Temple. You know what I'm saying? You got a cat that worked for FedEx. You got a cat that, um, you know what I'm saying? You got a cat that's, you know, that shut in at the crib. 
you know what I'm saying, and make beats and sell beats. And it was all around making beats. So we was all, you know, we all producing, we all making beats. We all started doing projects and we was doing our own projects, selling them on Bandcamp, selling them to the people around us. Then we started doing projects together. We actually ended up starting to do retreats. So we would all meet up in a city and go and buy records and dig for records, bring all of our equipment, record music, stuff like that. So we did uh, DMV. We did Chicago. Then we stayed in San Francisco. And we did, um, when we got to Chicago, we did the first album. It was called Chicago Fire. It's on Dirty Old Man on Spotify. Then we did an album called Fucking Numb. And it's called Fucking Numb because the dude who live in San Francisco, every time we on the podcast, he always be like, uh, fucking uh, fucking uh, <laughs> yeah, man, uh, fucking up. So that's why we called it that. So this time we came to the D. And we hold up in a in an Airbnb on the corner of East uh, Oakland and East Grand Boulevard from a Wednesday to a Sunday, and recorded music the whole time we was there. So they, I'm engineering. We done set up a dang space in the Airbnb. I chose it based on how it was set up because I kind of set up the trip. Okay. Set up a room, invited a whole bunch of rappers, invited, um, you know, what I'm saying all these producers. We had 15 of us. They got a chance to see the city, see the sites, this, that, and third. They got a chance to dig for records and all Feel that. Feel the Motown spirit. Absolutely. They got a chance to do all that. We went to Dillard's Donuts, took pictures with Boog Brown and this, oh. that, and the third. Did all kind of stuff. It was in a loft, so you could go up on the roof, you know what I'm saying, do whatever you had to do, whatever. Um, really make a vibe out of this shit. Absolutely. So I took all the stems that came out of it. I took all the, all the music that came out of it and crafted a record out of it. And so um, I combined what we had already done with some of the affiliations that I have around here. Uh, we got Jamal Buffer from uh, Buff One from Black Opera. We got, um, you know what I'm saying? We, we really tried to focus around the people who was immediately in our circle, though. So uh, I mixed the album, um, and it's coming out. It's coming out February 29th at this point. But um, on we got like a single single, you know what I'm saying, that's called OK. Uh, with a guy, a guy that's from here named Fields, um, and me. I'm actually, I actually rhymed on it. They pulled me out. Dad of rap, right? Dad rap. Hashtag dad rap. And we do call, we we do talk about dad rap. Like we all fathers and this, that, and the third. And it's not like typical. You know what I'm saying? It's not preachy at all. You know what I'm saying? It's still, it's still rough because that's what we like. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We call it the dirty old men because we like. Dirty sound, shit, yeah, yeah. Mob Deep, Wu-Tang, stuff like that. But, you know, I still try to make sure that it stays modern. Yeah. So, yeah, the album come out 229, and it's a um, it's a documentary that we filmed, too. We got, like, 11 hours of footage okay. that we kind of crafted. How long are you going to condense story. a documentary down to? You know what? I, I don't know. He's still he's still trying to process his way through it. And what, what I'm thinking is um, 229 is, a, is an important date. Yeah, it's a leap year. Yeah. They don't so come around that That's much. why I'm saying. That's why yeah. I was like, you know what I'm saying? This, this would be a special time. So... Um, and we got to get this one out because we planning for the next retreat. The next retreat, I ain't going to necessarily say where it's at yet, but um, we planning for the next retreat. And my intention is to record another album and get the album out. So Another documentary. Absolutely. Yeah. And make it like a yearly thing. And we're not the only people that do that. You know, you saw what Dreamville did. Yeah, yeah. I think Dreamville got the idea from us because we was putting the stuff up, putting the stuff on YouTube when we was in Chicago and this, that, and the third. But also Jazzy Jeff does one. And Jazzy Jeff is inviting like, Heavy hitters, fourteen KT, Eric Roberson, Fonte from yeah. Little Brother, all all those cats, and they did an album called Fonte Chasing. is the the originator of Drake Sound. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. 
They did an album a few years ago called Chasing Goosebumps okay. from this retreat. So it's a commitment that we've made. And what we're working on now is trying to make it bigger, trying to build it out, trying to get engagement with other businesses and get um, partnerships going with other people in order to make it really like really something special. Okay. So that's what this album is about. I love it. I love it. I saw, uh, you know, I mentioned that you're an educator as well. And shout out to my, I, I didn't know that you knew my homie. Until like I saw the video, my boy Kente. My Me and Kente went to cast together. Shouts he, out to Kente Ross. He he is undoubtedly the same guy he's been all his life. I love and him. And I to love death. him to death. That's yep. my dog. Either yep. you hate him or you love him. Yeah. And he he is unapologetically Kente. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Kente and I, we both support an organization in Detroit called In Demand that's working to um get more black men involved in education and get more black men involved in schools period you know um we don't look at it as black men having to be the scapegoat for people not doing what they have to do at home the fact of the matter is regardless of what's going on at home it needs to be more black men in schools that are doing the representation absolutely i think we got a story you know we got a unique story to tell um from kindergarten to eighth grade i had one black teacher there you go and i didn't have another black teacher until i made it to high school there you go i didn't have a black teacher until i got to eastern and was actually studying black male teacher black male teacher actually studying african-american studies that was my first african-american male teacher Hmm. so um yeah so yeah they're they're doing actually they're doing a launch on january 18th so all educators, male and female, if you're interested in coming out and supporting um, this movement to try to get more black men in schools, be it uh, through volunteerism, through education. We're trying to partner with universities to provide incentives for young men to go into um, education as well, because okay. tuition is a major is a major issue. So, so if they can help that. You know what I'm saying? Is and there a mentorship well arm of in absolutely. demand? Okay. Absolutely. That's essential um, in terms of. Uh, making it where our brothers that's in schools are not just disciplinarians either. You know, you understand instructional leadership. You understand curriculum. You understand instructional technology and all that. That's all important. Okay. So. Okay. Yeah. And then you all also do the think tank. Yeah. Yep. Um, we had an opportunity to to bring a bunch of black male educators together to talk about the field, to talk about the challenges, to talk about the joys too, you know, um, because I think the perception is that, you know, we going to school and it's a battlefield every day, you know, and it truth be told, um, you do got to be psychologically strong. You know what I'm saying? Because it's a lot of people that's looking to you for leadership. Yeah. But, um, you know, we love what we do. You know, we love touching the lives of kids. We love being with the kids. The kids keep us young. I always looked at myself as being a hip teacher. And I'm starting to lose. You know what I'm saying? I'm lose starting to touch. lose my touch a yeah. little bit. I'm starting to lose my hip. So. And that's because I've been out of the classroom and been away from the class for a couple of years now um, doing some different work. But um, it's essential to have black men in schools, man, and and in multi, you know, several different facets. You were a principal for a short period, like an AP at least, right? I was, a, I was a teacher for eight years. Then I was an AP. Then I was a principal. Okay. Um, I went to uh, – I was a, a teacher and a principal in northwest Detroit at a charter school. And then I moved out to Dearborn Heights and was a principal for a couple of years. And then I actually went – to River Rouge and became an assistant principal primarily because they had, they were developing a music production program there. And we ended up kind of bolstering that and turning it into something we call ramp River Rouge audio and music production. Mm, okay. And, um, we had 25 kids in every section making beats every day, you know, having beat contests and learning about dolls and learning about recording and stuff like that. Because 
Uh, we believe, I believe definitely that if you can learn how to run a DAW, you can learn how to use Photoshop. You can learn how to run AutoCAD. You can learn how to use any design software there is. When he was doing that, what was the, did you see a spike in attendance? There were, I put it like, yes, to a degree, there were kids who couldn't connect with nothing in the school but that. Yeah. I'll give you a perfect example. I, I, uh, the guy who currently runs it or was one of the founders, shout out to Travis Bean, um, he did a beat battle in December and there's a kid that participated that, you know, when I was there, um, I left in 2000, the end of 2017 to go and move to Eastern Michigan and do this work. So um, when I was there, he was a freshman, you know, kids used to fuck with him, you know what I'm saying? And tease him and talk down on him and all that or whatever. He was battling and he was dope. And the kids was cheering and hollering his name and it's standing third. And he didn't win. And they cut into us like, boo, boo. How you going to get him out? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, y'all need to show him that love every day. Yeah. Because y'all wasn't showing it when I was here. Yeah. Pin drop silence in the, in the auditorium. Six, six, seven hundred kids. Pin drop because they know I was real. And I always brought that to them like that. So. Um, I think if if it if it get one kid to want to be there yeah. more, it's a W. It's a it's a win. Yeah. Period. Cause like, I mean, it was going to schools. I had to go. I, I, mean, I hated school. I, I went to school to wear clothes and talk to girls. I hated absolutely, school. absolutely. I mean, dog, you you know how many kids I have that are trying to do this? Like, how many kids that I my oldest kids that I taught are 30, 31 right now? Okay, you know, and. I have so many kids that are out here trying to get it in music wise. And I'm able to say, that's one of mine. That's one of mine. That's one of mine. Milfie, one of mine. Mm. Damn Jam's one of mine. Um, who else? Uh, E-Baby, one of mine. Been on the freestyles all them time. I mean, it's a lot of kids. It's, it's, it's a currency amongst our people that you can do this. And my whole thing is, Doing this is doing this is more valuable to the person doing it than the person that's listening. But also, <laughs> that's a bar because yeah. you doing it. It's so many things that you can learn from trying to do this that you can translate to other things to get paid Thanks. that ain't dirty. Why not really focus in on that as opposed to looking at rap like everything is what we what we see commercial and it's it's unclean and it's dirty. And we making value judgments about it when this is the kids' culture, dog. It's bro, rap been around since seventy three. You know what I'm saying? So I look at it as a, as a value, you know, and I, I look at it as a literacy. So my focus right now is um, I'm running a program, EMU Upper Bound, where we're working with kids to get them in college, get them all the support they need so they can be successful in college. But I'm also working on my Ph.D. And my Ph.D. is in urban ed. But all I'm studying is hip hop pedagogy, like hip hop in the school. I just wrote a paper last semester about um, how good he was trying to tell people about how to navigate poverty in Atlanta because of all these policies that have been constructed with uh with Reagan, Bush and Clinton involving the drug free act, just like uh, you know, that's all one to the two, the three, three to the four, four, them dirty red dogs done hit the door. You know what the red yeah. dogs was? They was a militarized police force where they got all the equipment paid for through the anti drug act of nineteen eighty eight from from uh Ronald Reagan. So they gave them military equipment to be able to fight drugs. But now we look at drugs and it's a health crisis. Whereas and, and now those police, I'm saying that. So that could have been the uh, the beta test. So now all the police is mili- military. Absolutely. We need absolutely. to we need to try it out in a in a project. 
Absolutely. And see if it works. And see if it works Absolutely. inside of a project. I don't know if them gates was put up to keep crime or to keep, keep our ass in. I spent a lot of time talking about that, housing policies. And it culminated in 1996 when Atlanta got the Olympics. You know, you have all these. They, they was moving people around. Think about this. And I put my, my hat back on. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> put my hat back on. Every project around the entire country is right by a freeway. Right. In and out, quick access. Every single one. Say that. Think about the ones in Detroit, the ones in Chicago. Right. Any project. Right. New York. Right, right next to a freeway for quick, easy military access. It was called a project for a particular reason. Absolutely. So if uh, if he really feels like, I don't know why these gates was to keep us in mm-hmm. or keep or keep them out, and we got a, a, an increased military presence. We got a serial killer running around Atlanta at the same right. time. I'm like, right. fam, this is they, and that was the beta, right? And now we just gonna install this in every single place. Replicate success, absolutely. And so you you get this picture of this this. He talked about a gate with a serial code yeah. was put up next. So the security, the private security industry blows up. And then you also put up signs that says this is a drug free zone. Because it was a drug free zone, you have partnerships between the legal system. And the housing authority that said, you know, we can arrest people for loitering. You know, loitering is a is a is a low level crime. But if you're loitering in a drug free zone, regardless of what you may have, you can get ticketed. And then you're in the legal system. You yeah, know what so I'm saying? I need y'all to make this minor. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm looking I'm looking at hip hop being constructed during a certain time as being a critique of what people was going through. It's an expression of social thought. It ain't just niggas rapping. You know, that's why I keep saying it's the most literary form of music ever. And it needs to be regarded as historical documents. Yeah. Well, some of it does. Make Shake that, make that booty bounce. <laughs> I don't know. Like Curve, Curve, gave you. Like Curve yeah. said last week, Goody Mob was not a fan of Clinton. No. No. All. And they were talking about New World Order and yeah, all this other stuff. Like, they was on it. He actually. Absolutely. What do you think about this? Uh, our guest last week, shout out to. Uh, Curve Gotti. Uh, Marcus Summerall on, uh, out. on everything. Uh, he said that the Goody Mob album that we were talking about and was to Pimp a Butterfly 1.0. It was. Absolutely. When he said, now Dirty Bill Clinton fronted me some weight. Acknowledging the fact that the government was responsible for, for allowing drugs, these drugs in. into the community. Told me key to bring him back eight and I only stuck, gave him five and stuck his ass for three. Do you think that clamp of the sickest goons on me? Even though Clinton is a Democratic president that people looking at as being the coolest president ever, he was scandalous. Who yeah. happened to take 26 trips on Epstein's plane. And the, 26. And the, and the, and, but the, the vast majority of us was like, oh, Clinton is cool because we was looking at him in deference to Reagan and Bush. But historically, ain't going to shine ain't, ain't gonna shine. You know why, we, on you know why we think Clinton is cool? And I blame Def Comedy Jam. Because he eats sausage biscuits and fucking played the sax. Yeah. On Arsenio. <laughs> right. And once a comedian said that shit, on Def Comedy Jam, and that was a major fucking right. joke, and we right. all took that shit and ran with it. Oh, Bill Clinton, cool, right? Like a lot of the, the the thoughts and the stereotypes we got, we gave ourselves from watching the exact same. Everybody watched it. Who didn't watch Def Comedy Jam? Absolutely. And we get the, oh, oh, church ain't nothing but thieves and blah, they blah. They take they do the collection play the million times. Who? Before early nineties, I ain't yeah. never heard nobody. No. It was some Def Comedy Jam. Not saying that's not true. Right. But that's where the narrative comes as cable grew and it became more accessible. And you, you know, we only making up 10 to 13 percent of the population. And these images are far and few between. They have more power. Why was why did Friday have such a broad cultural effect? You know what I'm saying? Because it was something that was relatable. 
But exactly. it was some it was something that was so entertaining to us. I think about um, you know, a show like Martin. You know what I'm saying? Martin had everybody talking like Martin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm saying, popping their neck and this, this, that, and the third. So we interpret and we we it's it's almost like if 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 there's nobody like me and you show me a picture of me on the wall that looks just like me and it may be doing something different than I'm doing, I'm at least gonna wonder what that is. I'm at least gonna wanna be around that. Um, another thing I was postulating was about the fact that I think the chronic, Dr. Dre's the chronic, I think it changed. It was the beginning of the change of the American perception of marijuana. You know, you had rappers who were doing it. You know, you had rappers, Cypress Hill, How I Could Just Kill a Man, this, that, and the third. But the chronic was so huge that it really began a discussion that's culminating today and the shit being legal in, the, in Michigan. So let me ask you a question then. Uh, because it definitely changed weed, right? Absolutely. And it made it cool to a, a whole set of people who... Absolutely. Did, was that a good or a bad thing? I think it was both. Because um, when you think about it, before that time, rap looked at the drug user as being a punk. You know what I'm saying? A mark, basically. Yeah. A, a fiend. Yeah. Um, and I think because that the, the drug of choice, though, was like the drug that was being talked about the most, is like niggas selling crack. Right, right, crack, right. Race, heroin. Yeah. Right. And you would be surprised when you look back at the music. These, if you look at back at the music at that time, there weren't a lot of rappers that was talking about it as though it was something to be proud of either. You know what I'm saying? You had Scarface kind of was on that original Ghetto Boy stuff. But every time, like, you take somebody like Ice Cube. Every song where Ice Cube was talking about he was selling dope or he was he was he was thugging, he ended up getting killed or going to jail. Every song, you know what I'm saying? So it was a 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 good thing in that it did start to change people's perception away from crack to a certain degree, to mm-hmm. a certain degree, to a certain degree. But it also introduced it to the mainstream. The majority of people who bought the Chronic was white kids from the suburbs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, I listened to the chronic within the last week or so. Well, I'm probably about the last two to three weeks. And I didn't realize. So that shit came out, what, 90, 92, 92, because Snoop came out like 93, 94. So I'm 10 years old. And this was right around the time of the riots and shit. Right. Yeah. Because all those skits. Yeah. Like if you ain't down. Yeah. If you ain't down. I didn't realize how much of an impact that had on me. Yeah. Because I. At 10, you don't, we watch the slave shit that you see like in movies yeah. and, and, and at school right. on the TV. I mean, on the little thing they roll out in the auditorium and shit. But like, right. I didn't really have an understanding of none of that shit, but it right. gave you an opinion and a point of view. Now, I still hold that opinion and point of view, but was that my own? No, it was craft. I'm cool with it. <laughs> I'm cool with my opinion of right. it now, but it, oh, I'm like, wait a minute. It what's crafted something. I remember watching the video for nothing, nothing like a G thing. Like, not the one that they show now on TV, like the long ass video where, on the box where fucking dads come down the steps, skinny right. as hell. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> with throwing the jacket over it. Yeah. So, Absolutely. I mean, so, like, I've wa- I remember, like, watching that shit, like, on MTV raps. Yes. Yo MTV Raps. I remember the first time I saw it. On Rap City. Like, yes. And I remember like just being so enthralled within yes. that shit. Yes. I had never seen nothing like it. Snoop was the Snoop was like literally the the James Dean of our generation. And yeah. I mean, you know, we may not have a relationship with him, but Snoop was the coolest nigga ever at one point. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so 
they was they was they was cool, but they was making some hard, clean gangster raps, gangster clean records though. Clean. We we talk about like all the time, like certain hip hop not aging well. The chronic <sighs> aged like fine wine. Listen, it should t- still is still good to this day. There's a common practice in engineering, recording engineering, where people will record and mix their records based on what they call a reference. A reference track is a song that's compl- that's that's produced to completion yeah. that people will put into the same program with no effects on it or nothing and listen to their music in comparison to it. It's a lot of people that still reference their tracks from The Chronic, from Dog Food. From, I want to make sure it's as loud as this. Absolutely. Like, um, absolutely. The frequencies. And when you talk about it, uh, Nipsey. The Nipsey. Uh, uh, rap niggas. Rap niggas and Natural Born Killers. Yeah. He said Puff helped him on that. And he was like, nah, uh, this shit need to sound like that. So they turned the simps up and yep. they, they adjusted everything. Like, no, nah, yep. this shit need to be yep. louder. That it's was not loud enough. Natural Born Killers went as soon as the beat comes on, like it feels chaotic. Yeah, it feels like there's something going on around. Like you looking over your shoulder, something is something is about to happen. When I think about when I listen to the Chronic, it feel like I'm like someone literally taking a taking a camera and walking through South Central Compton in that area where I'm seeing riots and shit. I'm seeing niggas who just hanging out. I see niggas at the swap meet. I'm, I'm like you really seen. You couldn't the, tell sixth sixth grade me that not everybody in L.A. had lowriders. It was like, like but, I, I, right, I wouldn't believe right, that's right. what everybody it was, drives. It was like a place of wonder and fantasy. Like yeah, yeah. you know it was what I'm like saying. Barbara Walters took 2020 absolutely, to the, and, and like it gave you an idea. Like oh wow, this is what's going on over there. Absolutely. And like the day the niggas took over, <sighs> track number four on like yeah. it was like, chaotic, and like I wasn't. I should probably at ten. You probably not supposed to listen to that shit, but I <laughs> was all on not. this shit. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was all on this, and 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 thinking, I, uh, and to a, to a certain extent, I understand it. Only reason I know who Dolomite is is because yeah. of the dog pound, right. yeah. Dre and Snoop. The vibration at that time was so different because we were so enraptured in you know East Coast, you know Tribe was doing a thing, and you know what I'm saying, and all that, and and Jazz had his place, you know P Rock and CL Smooth and all that. It had his place. But this felt West Coast this music. was an entire planet though. Like you listen to the it was a whole nother planet that you was on. I and, love West Coast. Yeah, and if That's you had never it. if you had never been to LA, like I had never been there. I still ain't been to LA quite as I've been to San Fran. But it just made it was a different world. So you saw this world and then you picked up things from Boys in the Hood. Yeah. And you picked up things from society, you know, and, and you saw this juxtaposition of this place that was like Brilliant, like beautiful, coastal. And Dog, all when that. I when like, I seen boys in the hood, niggas started shooting at the screen. Yeah, like that shit. That shit always sticks with yeah. me. Well, I remember niggas yeah. shooting at the screen. Yeah, it was at vivid. boys in the hood. That was vivid. Yeah, that was vivid. I mean, it was. It was. I was what y'all talk. I mean, you know, I talk about men's society all the time and shit, right? Like me and my brother, my aunt's boyfriend took us to see that shit. And like we came back and we got guns and we were shooting at each other <laughs> on the front porch. Like that shit had an immediate impact. Yeah. Like I drew I grew braids. Like I wanted, you know what I'm saying? Like I went and got the the same house shoes the yep. niggas had. At, like the Bruce Lee. We used to call yeah. them Bruce Lee's. And with the white side. Like, nigga, yep. everything about that shit is and it's amazing that I can think back as an adult now and be like how influenced I was by something I saw visually. Right. It was and, powerful. And then I took the 
the soundtrack home with me and took mm-hmm. that all that energy from the movie and it carried with me for months because you got the soundtrack. Absolutely. The minute soundtrack was hard. You know what I'm saying? But like it was hard. It was. But it's it, wasn't that had they had murder show on there. Yeah. No. No, no. That was on the one eighty seven he wrote on Spice One. It had Gorillas and Gangsters. It you're had right, Trigger Snow Art. Right. It had uh Top of the World with Kenya Groove. It had Ooh, Top of the, the World PS Free. Uh that that Gorillas and Gangsters used to go to me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it it when you that don't see a, yourself represented or you cra- this is that was this is a crazy time, man. Because yeah. now I find myself uh I'll probably I go on YouTube, I'm bored, I go listen to some uh watch some Khalid Muhammad speeches, yeah, some Farrakhan when he's mm-hmm. on um Donahue a bunch of times and all this stuff, which was between ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, ninety four. So during all this time, when the Chronic came out, when Snoop came out, Death Certificate, um, all that, all that shit was popping, and then Farrakhan was like, yeah, at the height of yes, what Farrakhan is like, man, this was a. One- I just remember my grandma. This was a like, time. Yes, she I was, never wanted me to watch yeah. Farrakhan, and like that made me want, like that made me like so much more like watch curious now. about who he was. I was yeah. in here all day on Monday looking like watch it now, and ninety thirty years later. And I'm looking at all this. I'm like, why y'all still saying the same lies and y'all still saying the same shit? Like he absolutely every single thing the correct way to be like cleared everything up 30 years ago. Donahue, I'm like, why is he so slow? Like, yeah, at 10, you think you have an understanding of what's going on and via the music and everything. You mm-hmm. really have no fucking clue. No, you don't. I, I think I think. um when we uh, one thing I always do with people is I ask them what is their favorite album of all time. Like, what's your favorite album of all time? Because I feel like typically it'll tell me everything I need to know about you. Stillmatic. So, so straight up, we gonna come back to that. Let's put a pin <laughs> in that. But my favorite album of all time is America's Most Wanted because that album was the opening of my consciousness about being black being a black man mm. you know what i'm saying in terms of this conflict that you have in terms of you may live or you may see a great deal of violence but there's a whole nother there's a whole nother mental state that you have to be in in order to survive through it so still to this day it's still my favorite album of all time i fight with that in death certificate because death certificate really took there took me there with teaching that, me about Khalid Muhammad, yeah. teaching me about i mean i'm reading message to the black man i'm 13 Thanks. sitting up in my science class and all that because it is music. Like, I wonder what would have happened if I read that information as a child and right. not as an adult. Right. 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 Why still matter? Uh, I, I don't. I love that album, dog. <sighs> um, poison. To, po- poison. Like, poison. Po- like, so I enjoy music, clearly. But, like, I enjoy listening to Poison while reading the lyrics at the same time. Okay. It does, it's some, well, well, most okay. albums. Low key, like I will read the lyrics while the music is playing because when you auditory listen and you actually read it, it does something different. But yeah. Poison is one of my shit. Yeah. Um, this country, what was the name of this joint? Uh, my country, yeah. get on me. She I'm wants to get, get rid, rid of, of me. me. Like it's a whole bunch of shit on there that just that's yeah. really dope. Real rewind, so cerebral, and how you, um, yeah. That's what. So that's what I focus on. That's that type of stuff is what I focus on. And when I work with artists nowadays. I always encourage them to show who they are and what they believe. You ain't got to be preachy. You ain't got to be, you know what I'm saying, trying to save the world. But people are not going to make a connection with you in my eyes unless they know what you believe. Thanks. And if you just making records about, I got this, I'm murdering this, I'm doing this, I'm fucking your girl, this, that, and the third, it just don't hit the same for me. But I'm I'm an old head. So um, 
every that's what I kind of focus on. I recognize that people make music and people make records just try to just trying to make money too. Yeah. You got to play that game if you at that level of the game. You got to play it, but what you bring to the table is more important. Like I think about Project Windows. You know, Project Windows was it, it, it's a it song take, that got swept under the rug. It just take you to a place though. It take you there. You know what I'm saying? I had a bootleg version of uh, I can't. I am. Yeah, I had a bootleg yeah. version of I am that had a version yes. of Project Window yeah. on there. Yeah, yeah, and that shit was incredible. It was. It it is because it's not. It's the it's, dirty ass version of it, but the, it was incredible. Yeah. But it's Wasn't the desperate time though. The desperation yeah. in the beat, Hold like on. it's so desperate. I bought that shit from twenty dollars off a nigga in my biology class, just off the strength of somebody telling me like, "Hey, that nigga got the new Nas." So, yeah. so I bought it on cassette yeah. for twenty, a bootleg cassette for twenty dollars, yeah. just off the strength. Yeah, right across the street from Damon's and everything like that was like, for lack of a better term, like the SWAT beat. You know what I'm saying? One of them, uh, yeah. Seven days type stories and shit right there on Greenfield and Jerome. But like you can go in there and get everything. Remember when after Pac died, it was Machiavelli one, Machiavelli two, Machiavelli oh, yeah. up to Machiavelli six. And you got all this unreleased music that you were never really supposed to hear. But I would just be up in there all the time getting getting all this music, low quality. It was already on a cassette. You know <laughs> right. what I'm saying? Yeah. But low quality mixtapes and like, man, this was just a great time in music. Uh, it was. It was. Um it was pre the whole MP3, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Period, and it was kind of the last point where people's people's records dropping was like an event, yeah. You yeah. know, and then you know, Audio Galaxy came around and Napster, and then Kazai and LimeWire. Can't and tell all you how that. many STDs <laughs> LimeWire gave your, my computer. Napster started, but Kazai and LimeWire. Oh, they took it to the. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what I'm saying? It was that was the bird flu when <laughs> you, Kazai came yeah. out. If you use iMesh, I don't know if y'all was hooked with mm-hmm. iMesh. Went out. People was mm-hmm. getting music off. Went out. Yep. And I was. I can't lie to you. I was. I was knee deep in it. The last. I went a long time without buying no record. The last CD I bought was like Bulletproof Wallets. I had a 256 gig iPod. Oh, man. So, I mean, like, I was just trying to fill, really, fill it up with, like, my iPod My iPod had more memory than my fucking computer. Yeah, it did. So, what's so funny is that even though Napster, Kazaa, and everything that, like, gave everybody free music, what actually killed the record industry was a affordable CD burner in every single computer. Max. Because until I remember you could, I bought a CD burner, a standalone. When, when it was just on your one. computer, okay, great. Yep. But that's not how we listen to music. We was in our cars yep. with our CDs. But when, yep. every, when every computer started coming with a CD burner, yep. then people started burning CDs and selling them bitches. Yep. So even if you didn't have um, a CD player, I would buy an album for seven bucks. Right. Because that's $10 cheaper than what it would normally cost. Right. So you you go to the And I started selling shit. You know, my, what I'm yeah. Saying? My pops, co- my pops caught me a Phillips CD burner. I want to say it was the Christmas of 1999, and I was making. You was, you was happy with. I was very happy. happy with that, yeah. I was happy because I could hustle. So I'm in college and I'm selling CDs. I'm, 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 I'm making my own mixtapes. You, you know pay, what I'm saying? And you serving paid, them. You paid that off. You paid that Man, <laughs> that burner off ten times. I, I repent for all of the negative and evil things I did to the game by by producing MP3 CDs. And even, you know what I'm saying, download MP3s. But it was the nature of the game. And I I was, I mean, I was voraciously, like, taking in music. I was listening to everything crazy. And then you got into, you know, I always say, too, um, 2002 was the worst year in the history of hip-hop. The worst. Right. Let me, let the me, only, let me, let me see. You look. Now, but, now I'm going to tell you. Let I me just want to see it. what albums dropped in 20. Godson came out. Godson came out. That's one of my favorite. From albums. Me to You by Cameron came out. 
If you had, but a, look past that. If you had a broadband connection, Lord the willing, CD, came out that's a CD burner. Oh, yeah, I just feel was, Nelly is on this list somewhere. Yeah. He's definitely somewhere. He might be first, bro. <laughs> and it's top somewhere. fifty albums of two thousand and two. I wonder if this is gonna be hip hop or everything. Yeah, Probably everything. everything. I mean, and I want to preface this by if I call your if I call somebody's album trash, it's not that it may be trash. It's that it's that it just doesn't have the credibility of some of the other things that I like. And it could be bad for him. And it could be trash. It was the Eminem last great album. Uh, the Lost Tapes came out in two thousand two. Okay, uh, that, was good. Mm, that was good. The Lost Tapes had uh, purple. Yeah. Woo. I love the Lost Tapes. You gotta love it. Oh my god. Yeah. The Lost Tapes is exactly what made me a Nas fan. Is that right? Yeah. Like I, I mean, we we listened to him because like Nas was like Nas, but like that made me like okay, that made me get your like different a, version. And, and yes. I let me let, I, I say this too. It's because of the uh, the lack of great albums that I say O two is the worst year ever. So listen, Eminem show, mm. Lost Tapes, okay, Lord Willing. Mm. Uh, I wasn't a Lord Willing fan. Uh, I'm just throwing out a shot there. Uh, Blueprint two. Mm, it has some joints. Now, this is one of my favorite albums of all. T- well, this is, this is one of my favorite albums is uh, Tyler Kweli Quality. Mm, Love that fucking album, dog. That was, was a good album. I haven't liked it. I haven't liked it, uh, uh, a Tyler project since. since but yeah, uh, that was a great fucking for me. Mm. Uh, Godson, uh, Electric Circus. Eh, I wasn't feeling common in them years. Electric Circus had a couple joints. Uh, Nellyville. Oh my god! There you go. <laughs> he was there. This was. The, and but keep in mind, but look, but, but, but this. Did Nellyville have this? Tim was Juice the Jersey, the Fix, yeah, Scarface. yeah. So one of yeah. my favorite albums. That was up there. Face dropped a classic. Asiatic. Yeah. That was good too. That had some joints. Yeah, that's one. Yeah, that was solid. Ooh. That was solid from top to bottom. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Because so you know, I was putting a. I put. What was I talking about this on this show? Anyway, uh, I'm putting a list together of my. Favorite albums that I can listen to from beginning to end with no skips. And Asiatic is one of them. Yeah, Asiatic is Nine on there. Nine Lives should be up there too. The that fix, was good. Asiatic is on there. The Fix is on here. Godson is on here. Quality, like a lot of these, on from 2002. But that don't mean that I don't think this was the but worst. But keep album. going. Uh oh shit, Cannabis My Club the curriculum. Oh, chill out, uh, chill out. Uh, <laughs> no, you sir. gave him too much shine. For Not one for me. Day. Cameron, come home with me. Yeah, it wasn't for me. I, I love, feel bad. E- I love Cam. Evolution. Never heard nah. it. Uh, Trinity, Slum Village. Uh, I'm not going. Di- I'm not going to diss I'm, nothing Detroit. I'm not going to say nothing. <laughs> nothing Detroit. I'm not dissing nothing Detroit. Shout out to Slum Village. Yeah. Slum, is T uh, three got a tape coming out? Yeah, I thought it already came out. I thought it came out next week. I'm not sure. Anyway, I seen the artwork. Out, for shout it. out to T three. Boys Five Nine Rock City. I don't say nothing as an album. Uh, CeeLo <laughs> yeah, Green I, I and his just, perfect imperfections. I love everything Royce do, huh? CeeLo Green and his perfect imperfections. I mean, I, I liked freak. it, but I was in that place. Five hundred degrees. No, Wait. I didn't do. I didn't do. I didn't do Cash Money that well. Okay. Five hundred degrees was this. That, that's that's really when Wayne changed. Yeah. yeah Five hundred okay. degrees. He was. He turned up the heat. He started cussing. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, he couldn't right. cuss till he was turned eighteen. Right. Uh, man versus machine exhibit. Nope. Nah. <laughs> oh, man, you're reaching. You're reaching. That's the, the step ladder. Legend of the Liquid Sword. Keep yeah. it moving. <laughs> uh, I'm good. The Chosen Food Boot Camp Clip. I'm good. All right, we're, we're bargain basement shopping now. Now nah, it was a mixtape. Tupac Better Day. That was crazy. You know what I'm saying? That's this when the mixtape game this was, was when starting. Dipset to... and all oh, them was was not. Oh, Busta Rhymes. 
it's safe. Ain't nobody safe. You know what? I can't tell. And it, I it can't ain't tell safe a Buster no or some... extinction level of it. I can't even tell them albums apart. I ain't never heard of a classic Buster album. So. It doesn't Ooh. exist. A classic Buster Rhymes Ooh. album does not exist. Kings of Crunk. <laughs> the coming was nice. Snoop paid the cost to be the no. boss. You no, said sir. Kings of Crunk, Lil John, Eastside yeah. Boys. It, that was a pocket in time. Paid Under the cost construction. To be the boss. Was that his first album? No, that was the game is to be sold, not to be told. Uh, Snoop got. I'm not even going to How many there. classics do Snoop got? Two. <laughs> what, okay, tell me. Doggy Style. Doggy Style and, and uh, Rhythm and Gangsta. Yeah. What about Blue Carpet Treatment? It was good. I don't, Rhythm and Gangsta was, was solid. You know, I never gave Blue Carpet Treatment like a thorough listen. What about Last Meal? <sighs> Last Meal? I was done. With Wrong Idea? I don't want anybody to, to get the wrong idea about me. Classic song. That record was hard. That's a classic record. Okay. That's a classic record. Okay. But I don't know about R.I.P. the badass. Uh, right. Facts. Right. Right. I liked Dogfather a lot more than a lot of people, too. I did not like it. Because it had Blueberry on it. That Blueberry. It did have Snoop's <sighs> upside your head. Uh, it, yeah, the Roots? Snoop, Snoop pulled Uncle Phrenology? Charlie. Phrenology had, Phrenology didn't have a Cody Chestnut record on it. Phrenology had Coming to Break You Off on it, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, and that had the Cody Chestnut. The, the seed was on Phrenology. Nappy Roots, Watermelon, Chicken, and Grits? Didn't, never heard it. I heard it was hard. It was. I thought. I mean, not like classic. I thought the right, I right. thought the Nappy Roots was slave music. I'll be. I'll be perfectly honest. Oh no! Hell no! <laughs> yeah, them oh, niggas. I done up and done it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> it was on the plantation. The video was on the it plantation. Was, it I was. Be honest, though, it's a lot of albums from 2002. I don't know. Find me a year that's that's worse. When you the get seed an was, the C was definitely on phrenology. Oh, it was. Okay. It could be 2000. Find me. It might be. It could be 2000. It might be. Did you get what? What? Did, wait a minute. Didn't we get? We got the Dynasty in 2000, the Dynasty album. Let's take a look. I'm so curious about y'all talk. Y'all do this all the time. I'm Absolutely. So, I'm so curious about so many of y'all opinions about rap. <laughs> nah. Don't worry. We got them. No, 2000 is a good year. I, 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 find good. me a worse year than 2002, though. You cannot do it. You cannot. I mean, I, I know like it was 06, some, I feel some like 06 was a bad year. Let's look at 05. <sighs> Let's just look at Ooh, 05. 05 had a uh, minstrel show, I think. No, it ain't 05. Cause nigga, look at look at the top six on there. <laughs> oh shit! Nah. Nah, nah. Like 05 was no. strong. Listen, no, look, it, was it strong. came out with late registration, documentary, the becoming, the Mister oh Show, God. the massacre, late registration. Uh, the Carter Two. I like the massacre. Sh- that shit was. I love the massacre. Niggas try to take shots at me. Uh, let's get it. <laughs> the motivation one on one. bang that shit out the window. Slim thug. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm I like, love when I was a, loving that gangster shit. They had Baltimore Love, hey. uh, Baltimore Love thing on there. I used to like Yayo, bro. I used to like Tony Yayo for real. He used to have. So, I'm gonna <laughs> die tonight. So listen, so listen, so listen. Hey now, man, I got, I got an idea. Okay. For an episode. Okay. And um, maybe we can have you back for this one. I I, I would love to come. And Pause. I gotta <laughs> uh, I gotta figure out who all I want in on this episode. Okay. We gonna pick a year. And just piece it apart? No, everybody got to pick a different year, and you just got to defend your year in hip-hop against these other years. Woo! You know what I'm saying? I'm Don't give me your two. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm with it. Do the research. Anybody out there listening oh, to the how podcast, about ooh, 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 ooh. find me a worse year than O2. Because now, now, now I'm in my, in my creative bag, right? So we can pick a couple years, put them bitches in the bag, 
Give everybody a year and say, give me 10 albums and we'll battle it out. Just randomly wow. pull from the bag? Yeah. We could do that. And we can look, you know, we can look the albums up. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, and then, we, yeah, I might even, we may be able to do that and then give you an opportunity to like get your 10 together and we then might. come back and have a real. Oh, yeah, yeah. we could do that. I'll film that one. We'll, we'll have it like. We might have to make that interactive in some time. We could do that. Facts. But find me a worse year than O2. Maybe that could, be a, that could be a, a good live podcast. Yeah. We could do it. That could be a good live joint. Maybe that would be we do at the that live. might be two hundred episode two hundred. That might be two hundred. That is two hundred. Yeah, that is two hundred. Okay. So get oh yeah, we about nine weeks out. That's two hundred. Yeah, I'll do it. We're gonna have it somewhere out, and we can have everybody bring their year. Have a can, have a good spirited debate. Yeah, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's it's dope. done. It's done. That's dope. It's done. Uh, so this project, the name of the project. East Grand. Now, if I understand correctly, Dame, you actually rapped on this project. Absolutely. What song did you did you participate in? Sir? Uh, I think it's Alabaster. Is a song called Alabaster? I mean, I want to. I want. I, I haven't heard. It. I yeah, want to listen to abso- it. I, I absolutely. Right. Do me, Do we listen to it on the show with our folks? You You perfectly. You more than welcome to do so. Let's take a listen, I'm a, man. Uh, I'm a, uh, just give me one second. Let me forward it. Oh, I can just play that joint. That's right. Yeah, let's, matter of fact, let's just listen right now. Styrofoam in the Sprite, you get popped like a pill. Perk 30, get them bikes. This sour 
it got me high getting flights. I'm looking down and these cowards not living life. Like damn, go ahead and tight behind the keyboard. Cause niggas, you fraud and barely hard, we get it cracking. Nigga, we laughing like hardy hard, so what's happening? We out here and on the grind just trying to shine the most. Where disputes over bread always lead to toast. I put the pressure on a nigga, make him flee his coast to go to sleep at night with that heat and tuck close. Niggas think threats a joke to you taking their kids. Duct tape and send their ass flying over a bridge. So, how you want it? It's ice picks or vice grips. Brass knuckles or pillowcases with pipe fits. I'm nice shit. I do this thing for life shit. Take a few off and come back just like Mike shit. I might shit on your favorite rapper. Okay. <laughs> it's my first time hearing that's it. Just, it sounds beautiful. That's, that's the shady forty-five joint right there. <laughs> that's the that last verse. That's the not, yeah. That, he got the last verse. That's the that's the joint for the for the mix show on Shady Forty Five. We got some other joints too, but hey you know, man, I fucks with that dog. I mean, the sound is different than what's being played nowadays. Oh, I fucks with that dog, and I'm not just saying that because y'all here. I, I I legit fuck with that. It's my first time hearing it, man. It's it's like like seeing your child walk for the first time. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's it's that's that's what it is. It's it's bars. It's y'all could well y'all can't see because I got the cameras yeah. on. Yeah. I, like I'm in this bitch cheesing. Like rhymes. I like this. It's it's that's what we do. It's dirty old February twenty ninth, East Grand. The project, the joint, that joint though will be out later this month. It'll okay. be on Spotify, and we'll let y'all know so y'all can send it out to your audience. Best. We will Best. definitely we appreciate it. Absolutely. Engineered by yourself. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Had me come to the crib. Mixing. We closed the door and and, and went to work. Absolutely. Absolutely. But shout I out to Mrs. Y'all. Wallace for being a. a a more than gracious partner in this whole Absolutely. process, man. But, but the, opening up her home to strangers. <laughs> I also work at um, Grove Studios in Ipsy. Here's the thing about Grove, though. Grove is 24-7, 365, and it's made for producers who do their own thing. Like, if you want to come in and do podcasts, you can do that. If you want to, it doesn't have an engineer. You know what I'm saying? You you book the time. You punch the code in to get in. You go in the production room. You plug your laptop into the interface. I'm trying to get there. It's mics and all that, and you let it go. And I'm, I'm I'm trying to get there, and it's and it's affordable. I'm I'm just not comfortable. Yeah, I really do want to yeah. get there, like so I don't yeah. have to be here. You know what I'm saying? I can yeah. give real simple instructions, press play, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm just not. I'm not comfortable here. But I mean, think about it. The majority yeah. of uh, engineers and all that stuff, they know they know Fruity Loops. Mm-hmm. They know how to do this, that, and the third. Now, if you need an engineer. You know, you cook a box on the website and somebody will call you and say what you're trying to do. I mean, they can just record and I'll, I'll fix the audio and everything when they leave. You yeah. know what I'm saying? As yeah. long as I got the, you know yeah. what I'm saying? They can, I'll fix the audio. And I'm just not at that level of trust. I'm yet. not. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. 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 For some people. Because that's all we got. So for some people, like some people I know who, who like I some I, I wouldn't mind if I wasn't here. You can yeah. do but not for everybody. That list is yeah. so short. Yeah. That list is so fucking short. So that's where I actually mixed this project at. It's uh, Grove Studios, 88 Real Raw Street, Ypsilanti, Michigan. You can go grovestudios.space. You can email me at wallace at grovestudios.space. 
Um, I tell you everything you know, need to know about it. I direct the educational program in there. I ain't bringing no cards. I ain't bringing y'all no stickers. I'm gonna send y'all some stuff. Okay, and we'll 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 ta- we'll put everything in the uh, the notes section. My man, of when and we when we post, whenever you need uh, help with anything, any attention to be brought, any programs, anything that y'all run, man, let us know, man. We you got our full support. Open door Absolutely. policy. Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate what y'all doing. Yeah, man. Because it's a long time coming, good brother. The conversation, you know what I'm saying? You're not, I, I won't lie to you and tell you that I've listened to a lot of y'all podcasts, but the depth of the conversation involving hip hop is always something that I'm willing to tune into. So mm. I'm, a, I'm a fan. Yeah, and we appreciate and, and save, it. Save some time for episode 200. Oh, yes. Yeah, no doubt. We definitely going to go there. We probably, mm. we could probably like no pull, the, pull the names maybe like a week or two before. Yeah. Give a little prep time. No doubt. And we battle that shit out. Can mm-hmm. I ask y'all a question? Before, sure. before we go. When you look at the decades, when you rank the decades, right. 80s, 90s, 2000s, and 2010s, what's the what's the order? Uh, me, personally, I think um, 1990 through 1999 is the best time in sports, movies, music, everything. <laughs> I can't say of all time. The best time for me, it was 1967 through 78. But we, well, that's a, my time living, rather. Yeah. your time living. So the '90s first, then what's next? 2000s, gotta be 2000s. The 2000s. I'm talking about just in terms of music. 2000s. Then the 2000s. Then what? I don't know because I would take 2010 through All, off the strength of Kendrick. Blood. And when we look back, the 2010s, major, major. It's major. a lot of good rap. Everybody even came, came out from 2000. And the reason I, because I was about to say. Cause all my favorite shit, everybody was popping in the two thousands. Best shit dropped in the nineties or tail end of the nineties. Mm-hmm. And then anybody who was who came new of age into two thousands, best shit probably dropped in two thousand tens. Kanye best album for me dropped one of his best albums Wh- dropped two thousand ten. My beautiful dark dark twisted dark twisted fantasy. <laughs> beautiful dark Pause. twisted fantasy. <laughs> Um, I know yeah. what you're doing this I know evening, fisting. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, that was a fantastic album. I, I I still like late registration myself, but I fail you. I was like, I was debated between College Dropout and My Beautiful Dark Twisted Late, late registration had roses. Yes. Correct. I saw diamonds. Rose, I saw roses with Patty Labelle. There's a balance to me. the The greatest albums strike a balance because, as a producer, as a person who made music, I like sample based hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know, like the bandanas, the pinatas, and all that. So for me, Lay Registration was a perfect balance of sample based hip hop with live instruments to kind of just flavor it. Man, that that album crack was music. Yes. Roses, Roses just did it for me, man. Addiction. Crack music was dope, but crack music was not as great as because you know they had the little live poetry portion, but like on the on, I hate spoken word. There was an original version. Of um, but on the first album, what when my man did on the Jay Z record, where if I. I will never let yeah, you yeah, down. Yeah. When the words are found, my language was uh, sound yeah, yeah, yeah. like that was, that was like the chill bumps every time yes, I listened to yes. it. And my man from Crack yes. Music, which is extremely dope because he used to be on Deaf Poetry, or whatever. Like I thought they tried to recreate that first yes. moment. Mm-hmm. Crack Movie was extremely dope, but yes. they didn't quite recreate that first moment. Yes. So I always that one is like. But you can't one take anything now. away from Crack Music. No, I can't. You can't. Can. My he, favorite record on that record though was late. What can't tell me nothing? <laughs> when can't tell me nothing on there? Can't tell one? me nothing was on graduation. Right. Yeah. Okay. But late, 
forever switch sides like Anakin. Man, that record. Anakin. That got record got replayed. You that you record got replayed a lot yeah. in my life. And gone. I'm sorry. Gone too. Uh, we major. Oh, yeah. We major. Uh, Man, that yeah. shit means so much to me, though. Yes. I listen to that and read the lyrics with that I shit heard too. The beat. I ain't know what to write. <laughs> and it be like that. Yeah. It's very <laughs> epic. Like it's very like the horns big. in it. Yeah. Like doo, 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 doo. like. I mean, it's huge. And then that the hook. Like you don't like you don't realize it's the hook when he first start. It feel like it's a it feel like it's a verse, but then like, oh that shit in it it it's like a a, a cooler hipper younger ver- version of one mic. You know how one mic yeah. leads you up to the something, yeah, and it's like a lesser version. I won't say cooler hipper version because that yeah. make it seem like it's better, but uh. But like you better do your job and roll up. And act. Like he keep building you up, yeah, to, right. and it, it gets you like oh, right. we major. Like right. it's it's a it's a feeling, dog. He like he, he asking a question. He like yeah. we major. Yeah. Yeah. Come, come on, homie, come we, we major. major. Come major. on, man. Come on, man. We major. Yeah, man. It's been some great. It's been some great records. I, I always find great records to listen to. I'm I'm anxious to listen to this this Mick Jenkins that just came out. Uh, I like Mick Jenkins. I like. I'm I'm the dirty old man, in my opinion, that always advocating and fighting for the new people. Always fighting for them. I love I, how these young niggas rap. And when it some when of it, it no, nah, I like all you the, like the you don't like wait, you don't like the, the the when you say all like who? Like I like, I like a lot of these young Detroit rappers. I like Sada Baby Dog. I love Sada. Sada is Sada is Sada got mind. the juice. But like some of he these do. like damn boy Rio. Okay. John Boy, I like them niggas. Okay. Band Gang, yeah, I love Band Gang. Okay. I love yeah. Band Gang. Drago, my my a nigga shooter, Mick shooter. Yeah. We got to get him up in here. Yes, Active Shooter is a dope yeah. ass project. Dope project, and I love the way he sold it on his own website. Dope I didn't really, I tell you, I didn't really appreciate it until I started recording people that rhyme like that. And when I start recording people, it's an energy that's undeniable. Yeah. Like the beat be kind of fast, and they be. They'll say one thing and they will be like, okay, stop it. And then they'll play it and they'll record one part and then they'll stop it. And I, you know, I'm always like, you know what I'm saying? Give me, you know, do your whole verse, this, that, and the third. But the They energy, gotta catch that vibe. Yes, the energy be crazy. And they in the studio and they geeking each other up and all that. I, I appreciate it. I can't even front. You know you who know I secretly so like, and I don't I don't want to diss Detroit artists. We don't do that. Yeah. I secretly like Baby Tron from Shitty Boys. Shout out to uh, Lando. <laughs> Shout out to Lando the homie. Lando the homie. Lando was Lando is one of my kids. <laughs> I'll just say that's this. what I'm saying. That's the that's I the homie. Do not like the level of disrespect niggas showed Young Rock this week. Yeah, good point. I do not like that shit. That's a good point. Young I'm Rock going, is a fucking brand. I'm not He's gonna, a fucking brand. I'm not gonna lie though. I had to research when I saw that name pop up. I had to check. Because like I didn't know. I'm very familiar with Young Shit. He didn't been in here a few yeah, times. Absolutely. Okay, not Praise on God. this show per se, but he didn't in been the in the studio a few times right. and invited us out to a couple a couple of his shows, or whatever. Like I to right now on one of my playlists that I've got currently right now, I got like three Young Rock songs on. Okay, there. you know what I'm saying? But like, is I he the, like, is he the quintessential sound of de- like Detroit street rap? He not a street rapper. No, no that's what no, I'm saying. Not. I, but he's not the, that. But the like, reason I, what I he's, heard. the reason his I music did, is good. He's fucking great. But listen, the reason that I ain't like the level of disrespect. So for an example, when we had Lando on here, right? Um, and shout out to Lando. He was upset about 
like the Detroit Hip Hop Awards. She's like, who is these niggas and she never heard of these blah, blah, blah. And he, Mando a different generation. He, I get that, right? So if you got a whole generation of people in San Fan, we don't know who the list that you're talking about, we don't know who them niggas is. So another list comes out and you don't know a name and then everybody was like, who was dog? And uh, no disrespect, but like, it is disrespect. True. Because like, True. I don't know 90% of the niggas' names people was mentioning. But see, what, what's crazy, what I see as an outsider looking in is that you have two really distinct scenes in Detroit. You got, you know what I'm saying, the the the, the bars, the dope boy music type, yeah. you know, but there is an entire culture of what I call like post Dilla, you know what I'm saying? I mean, how many of y'all heard of Valid? You know what I I'm like saying? Valid. Finale. Yeah. I went to high uh, school with Finale. My, fi- shout out to Finale, dog. Yeah. And, and Mad Humble, too. Ooh. Finale, Foul Mouth, all them, all them middle finger music dudes. I man. love middle finger uh, music. Catch I P, love them dudes. Catch P album. Catch we had catch up in here. All of, that's my point, though. Like, you know what I'm saying? And shout out to Pat313. We we going to connect and get the fellas they up not in really, here. They, but they see, don't blend. But my issue is this. Like, that was that that list was fake, by the way. It was it was pro unreal. It was probably, I think, uh, Rock put it out for promo and, and had everybody tripping and shit. You know what I'm saying? That's actually Which was very a, smart. A, a fu- wow. Now everybody went and Googled and listened to his Absolutely. music. Absolutely. By the way. So Absolutely. Th- that was fucking amazing marketing right there. Absolutely. But it's one thing if you known around Detroit mm-hmm. and this Detroit music culture, whatever, mm-hmm. that was a double XL list. Yeah. More people nationally know who Young Rock is then the the niggas who and that's not a shot to nobody but like right. like it's a whole bunch of subcultures and detroit music yes. whatever which is great yes but like on a national scale look at his spotify yeah look at his streams yeah like it's not close yeah now your youtube channel may be popping because in the city people gonna listen to that shit in the meantime right now look at your spotify numbers right look at his spotify numbers like that it's not close that's why in my book straight up Album, the best, I mean, the best album of the year for me for a lot of different reasons was Apollo Brown, Sincerely Detroit, because this dude put 56 Detroit dudes on a record. And I'm looking at from a scope perspective. We haven't seen nothing like that since the old West Coast Bad Boys albums from Master P and them and yeah. Southwest Riders and all that. Also so Wu-Tang shit. And that was Apollo, <laughs> just right. 13 or something. And I don't know how, you know, I don't know everything about how Apollo moves. Shout out to Apollo Brown. But I know he toured a lot overseas. And through doing that, he introduced an entire demographic, uh, an entire piece of the world that don't know about them to all of their to the music. Top ti- to and the so top tier me, MCs in Detroit. Yes. And think about how smart that is just on, on some marketing shit. Yes. I got 56 people on this yes. song. Yes. That means 56 people are going to share that song with all of their friends and family and Say fans. That. And everybody going to go stream that shit to hear their man Absolutely. and what they verse is. So that one song... I'm interested in seeing how many streams that's on. I, I, I always remember Marv One saying in an interview, like if you was around the the scene in Detroit, name tag when, was on there. Yeah, name tag, dirt. But I remember Marv saying in the interview, like if you was around the scene when Eight Mile came out, like everybody that meant something to Detroit, whether it was just a cameo, some extra on the DVD, and made sure niggas ate off of Eight Mile. Yeah, that's Apollo Brown is essentially doing the same thing. Yes, but with the sincerely Detroit, like if you were, if you are a notable MC in Detroit, yes, like he he gave you the alley oop. He did, he and, did. And, and not in a disrespectful way. Like niggas didn't have their own buzz and shit burning, but like he gave you a different look. He did, yeah. Bo- and and, and Boldy, I love Boldy. Ty Ferris, I think Ty Ferris may be the best rapper in Detroit, and I I don't want to start no mess. 
I love Ty Ferris to death. Shout out to Ty Ferris. I no co- man, DJ no, Soko, who was no who was, cosign, uh, only cocaine or whatever. Yeah. Part three that came out yesterday. Man, I tell you, one of my Lord favorite street rappers is Dusty, dog. I love Dusty. Yeah, he just you know he be yeah. he be. Glow. I'm a huge I'm a huge payroll fan. I love payroll. Payroll. I think Dusty is like the epitome <laughs> of, of yeah. a polished Detroit street rapper, dog. Like, Payface him and his, his 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 he got like don't shoot me. That record was hard. He be picking like Ross type beats, yeah. as in like Decadent. I make dope music, but the beats that I I mean the the trap music, but the beats I pick and select are gonna my be niggas like, throw throw them out here on with anything that's out right now. And see if that and shit sound, don't bang. And it's sound and change since I'm out here. That was some yeah. that was a definitely a Detroit yeah. beat, but like his yeah. shit didn't change. And it's like some I'm out there. I'm shit. out there as the quintessential Detroit nigga. You ain't eating Benny Hanna's out here. Get the fuck on. That remix was cold. He had the Dope Boy remix with him, Big Sean, and like when HBK was still, you know, a little bit more formal. And I don't want to knock HBK because I see this nigga in the city all the time, and like I still think he's he's a talent. Mm -hmm. You know, he got we all got chinks in our armor, but I I I really felt like the uh, the D Boy remix was was hard. Yeah, they had fucking Minx and Minx and Buff song. Yeah, so yeah, man. Yeah, we uh, go all day. We can definitely go all, all day. We could. We could. All fucking Y'all got. I gotta. I gotta come back. I gotta come. Maybe I'll come back when the record come out. Definitely. Let's There's no. Back. There's no maybe to it. Whenever. No whenever you got something. Some moving. Come back. No doubt. Uh, we time certainly for, got your back. Time Let for the Benny. Can time I, for the benediction. Can I give a, a couple of quick shout outs? Absolutely. Please. Real quick. Um. Shout out to uh Formula Seven Three Four. The people who I'm working with in uh Ypsilanti. Um, shout out to Drew Den, Juicy Baby, and uh, Approachable Minorities. That's a hell of a group name. Okay. Uh, shout out to True Classic. Um, he does uh, First Fridays. He does uh, Bridging the Gap, bringing in artists from all over to come to Club Above. Saturdays, 734 Saturdays, First Saturdays out in uh, Ziggy's. Ipsy is, is, Ipsy is different. Ipsy got a different thing going on. Artists is working together. You got the live stuff going on with the MC stuff. It's just real different. Shout out to uh, the plug-in. The plug-in to Dirty 30 is coming back in March uh, where we give producers 30 minutes to make a beat out of a sample that we give to yeah, them right on the yeah, spot. Yeah, I like that idea. Um, that's getting ever better. I'm looking at taking that online. Um, just shout out to everybody that support me too. Um, shout out to everybody supporting In Demand. Um, shout out to Quan Nellum. Shout Be out to the entire fam, my social. Um, I'm on the, my name is Rob Wallace. Um, I tried to be Mr. Wallace, but it's somebody that's in Chicago that's doing my name real greasy. So, but at the end of the day, my Instagram uh, is I am the real, no, the real, the real Mr. Wallace. Yeah, the real Mr. Wallace. We'll put it in the show notes too. Yeah, the real Mr. Wallace. You sound unsure. You sound unsure. Instagram is the real Mr. Wallace. I be hating social media, but at the end of the day, it's important. The real Mr. Wallace on Facebook is Rob Wallace. I probably use Facebook more than anything. Twitter be too greasy for me sometimes. So, shout out to everybody. Shout out to my wife and my kids and all that. I love you. And uh, double negative, double negative that's people. What, that's the Mike home notes. team. Double negative people is the is the is is for the people. Mike yeah. notes. Shout out to Vietnam, Honest Tippy and Adam, um, and Wolf and uh, Westside. Um, they got a project coming out pretty soon. Um, yeah, the entire fam. Keep Elida Don in L.A. Your yeah. man's, you know what I'm saying? That's my guy. Dame was on a record called Rocky and Bullshit back in like '02, and we was rapping to an old Spinners hook. <laughs> and he it was the first record that he got on with us and he destroyed it then he got on another record that you remember that song y'all don't want to fuck with yeah. us i'm gonna I'm a send that to you okay. i haven't heard some of that shit you, some of that shit i got on cd dame was the golden child for us but 
We just couldn't figure things out back then. Hey, man. It's so to get a, you, you know, on a different record, time. Different to get times. you on a record is a blessing. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Uh, no doubt. On the socials, is Dame going wild? I'm just on IG primarily. Yeah. I'm going to get a Twitter back in 2020. I don't yeah, know how too. I'm going to pull it off, but I'm going to get You know, Twitter has suspended me like twice. So I don't know how I'm going to pull it off, but I'm I'm coming back. Hey, Amen. Well, uh, it's Jay Johnson, 313 on All That Matters. More importantly, follow Shop Talk Podcast on uh, on everything that's important. Follow Shop Talk Podcast Studio, because when you see the blue and the black, you know where you're at. Shop Talk Podcast Studio. Yeah. Book some time. Book some time. And don't text me about it. Um, really, though, just <laughs> go to the website. That's the time that's available on the website. Um, I'm not saying we the Rockefeller Podcast, but we are Jay and Dame. Hell yeah. Peace. Something.